Welcome to the WTF Forum. The hosts do not give financial, legal, medical or any kind of advice. Opinions are their own. This broadcast contains foul language and dangerous ideas. If you need a trigger warning you are in the wrong place. Now enjoy the show. Dear partners and friends of What the fuck? Form, a very cordial welcome. The WTF Forum is a decentralized broadcast network with no governing body of any kind and is produced and distributed by a loosely affiliated, ever-growing network of rogue, independent content creators. This forum does not, will not, and shall not have any one location, feed, platform, or channel, but shall be shared and multiplied as nature dictates. If any listener of the following proceedings finds themselves offended, they will be asked kindly to go fuck themselves. All right, welcome to the WTF Forum. We've got a spicy, spicy episode for y'all tonight and a spicy group to go along with it. Uh, so far, there's just four of us, but there may be one or two uh, latecomers. We'll see. I am Mike the Polymath, Easy Peasy Podcast, and I will pass it to the Drizzle. Good evening, everyone. I am the Drizzle, host of GTW Liberty Radio, and I'll pass it to Ando. I'm Ando, Burn Babylon Burn, and the Doom Kitchen, which are basically the same thing these days. Stella. Hey, uh, thanks for having me again. Uh, this is Stella from uh, Down Under in Australia, from also from Union of the Unknowns podcast, and also known as the Sixth Spice Girl Sleepy. Is that right? You were part of the Spice Girls? They just didn't give you no credit? Yeah, I got fired the first day, man. I love Sleepy Spice. That's that's great. I, sang, I bet you're the hottest one too. I sang far too well for those chicks. <laughs> if I yeah, do say so well, myself. I, I would agree. I would agree. I've listened to your music and I was never a big Spice Girls fan, but I like your shit. That was totally a joke. I'm not trying to self-promote. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Chucking the show off already. Well, yeah. first I was all about ginger spice, and then I was all about posh spice, and then I was all about baby spice, but now I'm all about sleepy spice. <laughs> so you've you just dreams. been like sampling the uh, the buffet there as you've gone through life. I, the spice buffet. I live the spicy life. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm all into spicy life. Is it just me, or is Ando coming in a little choppy? little bit oh i, I bit. yeah i just closed some windows sorry about that it looks like you're home for once is that right yeah yeah I, i've got to be home for like a week but everything has been messed up so i had, you you knew that i had to get new tires you saw my old tires right yeah, i got they home. were they were not not okay Everything in my refrigerator was hot, like 100 degrees hot. <laughs> and uh, and the box that runs my Wi-Fi was still working, but the battery had expanded. And so I have to get this new battery, right? 
And the, I've had this ordeal waiting for, uh, waiting for Amazon to send my battery, right? Now, Amazon was supposed to deliver the battery yesterday, but the day before, the day that I'm not home, the day that I go back to work, somebody knocked my mailbox over. And so today I've been uh, digging a post hole. Luckily, my neighbor had this badass uh, gas powered auger. And so I got to auger into the ground a little bit. That was really fun. And, uh, and yeah, um, I'm, I'm enjoying being at my house though. This is, this is cool. And it's my house. I can smoke inside if I want to. Love it. <laughs> you know, I, I, worked, I worked in Texas just enough to know how hard it is to dig in Texas, at least in the areas that I was in. So when you said, you know, I spent today digging a post hole. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Dude, if my neighbor did not offer the auger, I would still be digging that damn hole. Yeah. The, the ground is so hard here. But have, you got I, that, I, have you got that orange clay? Uh, it's caliche. And it, it, the caliche is about a foot down. But I, I could stop at that, you know. To, to put the post in for the mailbox, I could stop at that, but it it's just hard and dry dirt. It, it, there was this huge storm. Um, one of my friends was off um, south of here at the beach and and sent me a text. Oh, hey, I'm in your your hometown area. Uh, it's raining like crazy. I look at my camera. It's sunny and bright. The grass is cooking. I can see it sizzling through my camera, and. Uh, and yeah, I did not get a drop of that rain. It hasn't rained here in a while. And I'm 30 miles off the coast. I, I'm right next to a lake. All all the rain has been going everywhere else. Well, any uh, any updates from either Stella or the Drizzle? Um, I guess before I turn over the floor, I just came home. The reason I was running late was because I went to my local No Agenda meetup. Oh, nice. I don't know if, know if y'all listen to No Agenda, but if you do and you've not gone to a meetup, you're missing out. I just hung out with like two dozen of the coolest people in my hometown um, talking about everything you're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> so it was good. So they are living in your hometown or are they just visiting your hometown? Oh, I don't need to know specifically, or we don't. But no, no, no. Yeah, it's all local folks. Um, oh, nice. Do you listen Indiana to has, Indiana has I, a meetup every week or two? No, once a like, month. Once a, <laughs> month. <laughs> once a month. Okay. I, it seems mm -hmm. like Indiana is always having meetup. You Actually, guys now represent that, better than anybody. Now that you say it, there's there's a meetup up in Fort Wayne, and there's a meetup yeah. in Indy. So yeah, it's about every other week. Uh, there's one <laughs> yep. or the other. Um, but for whatever reason, man, I think it's a good sample of just how based Hoosiers can be, bro. For whatever reason, there is more representation at the No Agenda meetups in Indiana than any other state. And again, if you don't listen to No Agenda, you should go listen to No Agenda. So at least give it a try. There's another show. Um, sort of in the same 
realm and the the whole value for value sort of spun off from being inspired by No Agenda has meetups just like that. Uh, Canary Cry, I highly recommend for everybody. Canary Cry is freaking great. Hmm. I have not listened to that one yet. Highly recommend. It's it's uh, you know No Agenda is uh, is uh, Sundays and Thursdays. This is uh, Fridays and I want to say Mondays and Fridays, but I could be wrong on that. So same type of uh, programming, news deconstruction and whatnot? Uh, it's more along the lines of like Christian conspiracy stuff. So it's... It, gotcha. Yeah, it, it's good. It's a really good a show. World. There's a, there's what a, a world where update. we have... I was just going to say... Uh, where we have Christian conspiracy podcasts. What a world. What a world we're living in, you know? Well, it's, I mean, it's it's 2023, man. The most dangerous people in the United States of America right now are the Orthodox Christians. Everybody knows this, all right? Yeah, yeah. It's. I yeah. mean, DHS sent out a bulletin months ago. Come on. Wasn't that yep. bulletin from 2009? I think it that, might that have was... been from 2009. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've been ahead of the curve for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Is anybody I, here I, Orthodox? Or has anybody here gone to an Orthodox service? I'm curious. I, I have no I? denomination. Yeah, same. Well, Christian, but <laughs> apart from that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My denomination is following Jesus, you know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. uh I, and trying to. Good. Sorry, Drizzle. Oh no! I was just gonna say I I pledge no allegiance to uh, to any group other than uh, Grand Theft World, really. But uh, I've I've been to a lot of different uh, denominations, uh, ceremonies, or whatever you want to call them. Even uh, Eastern religions, and uh, I think I even went to one from uh, uh, an African religion one time. I don't think I've ever been to an Orthodox uh, service before, though. When you say African, do you mean like Southern Baptist or no, 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 no? It's like a, like a more uh, tribal uh, type of uh, oh. atmosphere. Gotcha. Uh, although that might have been that might have been a party. I don't know. Yeah, I'm very curious. You know, I've been tempted to go to an Orthodox service. Um, the problem is, I'm such a sinner that I tend to wake up hungover on Sunday mornings. So there's that. Well, the the way I see it right now is that a lot of groups are experiencing a revival, and I would definitely say that the uh, Orthodox Church is is a big part of that right now, and um, and I I'm seeing it amongst mostly Protestants, but then you know then the Orthodox Church big time, and what I'm trying to figure out is what the what the main thoroughfare is, what the interstate that goes through all of this. And I think, it, I mean, I think it's just that it's the end times. And uh, according to Revelation, that there's several churches in the end, and two of them are uh, somewhat behaving, and the rest of them are complete, completely screwed. But, you know, they're still the best people in the world during Revelation. And I can I can believe that about us in our time. So I mean, it's, revelation it's could be happening bunch. now. 
What's that? Best of the Bad Bunch, you mean? Yeah, the Best of the Bad Bunch is uh, Smyrna and Philadelphia, but it's not, you know, Smyrna, Georgia, or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's Smyrna and Philadelphia in, uh, I believe, um, in Turkey. Both of those churches. So, but I also think that it's not specifically those churches that would have been talked about then whenever those cities existed. Um, it's probably a tradition that comes from those churches because I think there's seven or eight in the end times. I could look that up if you're interested. So if you had to guess, if, um, if there's only two, I mean, if I'm hearing you right, there's only two real churches at the end of times, according to scripture. Is that, is that what I just heard you say? No, no. I said that no. two that are somewhat behaving. They're, they're both, they're both not perfect. And, um, and yeah, there's only two that are somewhat behaving and the rest of them are all kind of a mess. And, and this, this figures, you know, and I would say that, that one of the reasons why a lot of people of my generation, of our generation, because we're all around the same age, uh, we're not interested in church is because we probably smelled the corruption. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like given enough time, anything can, can get corrupted, especially in the world of, you know, in the world, because the devil runs the world. And that's, yeah, well, that's the thing that we all have to know. The churches are definitely in the crosshairs, like big time. Um, you know, how much influence <laughs> the uh, devil can have over society and humankind if they can infiltrate the church. You know, I mean, look at look at the masses that follow the Pope. I mean, <laughs> so everything's infiltrated, of course, but um, the churches are definitely one of the top of the list there. And I've seen it myself. In fact, I was married by a uh, preacher who um, then turned and uh, took a whole bunch of the church funds, bought himself a Harley and started doing drug runs up the East Coast of Australia. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably a lot to do with how the marriage went too. Mm -hmm. Wow. wow. (laughs) Thanks for that, dude. Well, you know, I I grew up in like the, um, I guess you'd call it like non-denominational Protestant kind of world. Um. I went to I went to church like growing up and it was always the rock and roll for Jesus type of church, right? You know, big plasma screen TVs and and fog machines and laser lights and and you know, rock and roll, rock and roll the for ha- Jesus. The happy and, clappies. Yeah, and it it always to me, I mean, I didn't quite realize it till I grew up a little bit, but it kind of felt like spiritual masturbation. In my in my opinion, it was kind of like, oh, we're we're gonna get together every week, and we're gonna worship uh, with this like totally non traditional style of music, and like I said, like fog machines, laser lights, and shit. And it it kind of as I as I became a teenager, it kind of irked me. I'm like, this does not feel real. You know, it feels kind of contrived. Um, I don't know what y'all's experience has been in the church, but the reason I, I I'm kind of intrigued by orthodoxy is the fact that it's so rooted 
in tradition and it's more or less unchanged. I'm like, I don't, I don't see the value of a religion that was basically shaped to fit the mold of mod modern, you know, modern life, modernity, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't know. Any, any comments there? Well, that was kind of the, uh, the whole reason why I started questioning uh, just like the, even the authenticity of like the Bible at a very young age, because the, the whole thing that I was sold and I grew up in a, well, I guess I didn't really grow up, but my younger years up till about 10 or 11 years old, uh, I was forced to go to a Presbyterian church in the town that we lived in every Sunday. Um, and I started sniffing out the, the corruption and the hypocrisy very, very early um, but like with the, the whole concept that they were trying to sell to us as the Bible being the word of God, well, if it's the word of God and, and God is perfect, wh- why did man need to alter the word of God through time? Like it's, it, it was just kind of that, that whole dichotomy of, or, or, I mean, hell, it's it's actually it's dissonance. What it's doing is it's installing cognitive dissonance in people saying this is the word of God and the word of God is perfect. But we're going to cut out this one part here because it's not really convenient to the other stuff that we want you to believe. Do you um, still feel that way, Drizzle, or because you were saying that even as a child? Um, I have not re-examined the Bible since then. Um, I'll put it that way. I've I've. Uh, I would say I've dabbled in the Bible here and there throughout my life, but I've never given it a very serious critical study. Yeah. Oh, look, I am hundred percent on board with you there because I'm, I'm going through all that now. I, I would say I'm sort of probably more at this uh, later end of my life. Well, gosh, that makes me sound like a fossil. Um, now later in life, I am sort of questioning things way more. Um, I mean, you know, I've been distracted with having babies and all that sort of thing, so I didn't really. But, um, yeah, I've recently sort of come across quite a number because I, f- I felt the same way as a child. I, I would I would question things kind of in my head but not really bring it to the surface, I suppose, or investigate it very much. But I've been through a couple of different um, churchy experiences. But just, just now I'm, yeah, very much questioning the, the changing. There has been quite a number of changes, and when you start looking at how many uh, men, you know, guided men that have written the Bible um, and how many translations they've been through. And then you look at the languages and the actual art of translation. Um, it's incredible. Like unless you've studied a lot of these old languages, you don't understand that um, one word can mean something in one context and mean something else in another. And sometimes it might be just the the way the word was said, like the emphasis or something like that. It's very, very complex. Very so, subtle. Totally with you. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like it only takes one subtle change to actually change the intent or the meaning of something that could be very, very, you know, it's all important. But you know what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, it's totally valid. And I think that anybody who doesn't question and keep searching um, it just it just reaches stagnation. That's yeah. Got to got to keep asking. Questions, I, I've been really it? interested in in the talks from people that are pre Nicene, and uh, and basically it, it confirms a lot of things that that I I, I feel about things. And uh, 
I, I'm just not sure if that's the right way. And, um, you know, and, and I know that, that Orthodox people would be like, heck no to that, you know? And so mm -hmm. whenever I, I look at things and, and, you know, I, I know that the drizzle also, uh, has been exposed to Jordan Maxwell and as have I, and there's, there's and they, a lot of things that, that, uh, yeah, that are, are very contradictory and, you know, I, I keep all that stuff in mind. Um, yeah, I'm not uh, one of these people that, that, that just, you know, if it, that believes that if it's in the book, it's, you know, that it's, that it's important. You know, it's like whenever, whenever, uh, King James translated the Bible, he was, he's a fucking blood drinking pedophile, just like the elites of today. He fucking drank blood. He was a fucking witch, a fucking pedophile. A, a disgusting fucking person. King James uh, it was revolting and aberrant to our religion, you know? And uh, and all these people are like, read the King James version. The other versions have been liberalized. It's like, oh, oh, you, you took the, the version from the satanic pedophile and then you liberalized it. And it's like, hey, that's going to be even worse, I'm sure. So... The thing is, you know, keep an open mind and understand that there is a message that, that God slash Jesus, uh, same thing, depending on who who you agree with, you know, um, but they want you to have a certain understanding and you can get that same understanding regardless if, you know, if you're reading something that a satanic pedophile had translated. Exactly. Um, and I, I want to really emphasize and stress that there's no way that I'm questioning the existence of Jesus or, or the infilling of the Holy Spirit in any way, shape or form. Um, prayer has proven to be to work in my life. Um, so it's just the the detail, the devil's in the details. I mean, you know, it's just question stuff. Um, I mean, hist we, as we know, we're, we're all finding out history has been a lot of it's been a lie written by the victors. We're finding out now that there has been so much that we need to question and just haven't really. Um, so 2020 has been in one way a hell of a blessing because it, people who are thinking are waking up even more. You know, it's there's got to be some good stuff here. You know, I almost think what we're hitting on here is like this idea of blind faith, right? And 100%. I don't think I don't think blind faith is is a virtue. Um, so for instance, that, like, well, I was just going to say Christian like conspiracy people, right. You know, we're Christian conspiracy people. We question everything, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. the, you know, uh, Ryan always says question everything. We question everything. And so I, I think that that's okay. And I think that that's what God slash Jesus slash everything wants you to do question all of the shit you know don't take it for face value because taking it for face value can you know can end up you know you could end up in a cult pretty easily mm -hmm. and that's that's the funny thing is that a lot of people say that conspiracy people are 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 cultists you know that that we're in a cult you know uh, my my ex has accused me of being in a cult <laughs> like, oh, join the club. No. Join the club. Yeah. <laughs> That's always fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I think this is like driving at something pretty critical. 
And um, like, for example, the church I grew up in, you know, it was like, it was a cool, by all accounts, it was a cool church. Like the youth program was, was cool. Like I made a lot of friends as like young, a young person um, from church. And I went to church camp and I worshiped and I, I was a full-blown believer. And the sad part of it was the head pastor of the church ended up having an affair with one of the elders wives and it destroyed the entire congregation. Mm -hmm. And it was because everyone had blind faith in the head pastor. And until, until the reality the the ugly, you know, grim reality came to the surface, it was very easy, easy to like blindly follow. But then this shit, you know, shook out and it ruined, it ruined the entire church. It frankly, like put a, put a sort of tarnish on my own personal faith because I'm like, like, these are the people I believed in and they were, they were full of shit, man. And so like, I think the theme, which I think we'll be hitting on over and over tonight is you can be 90% based and 10% bogus. And that 10% outweighs the 90. Can I Catch jump in there? Yeah, yeah can I please. jump in there, Mike? I think you hit the nail on the head when you just said, these are the people I believed in. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. the problem. Um, yeah, yeah. This is, the, this is where, the, I hate saying the devil because it sounds, but, you know, Satan, whatever you want to call a, the black dude. Evil, um, evil. Yeah, whatever. evil, evil. That is, that is the, the, the target. Why has it got to be a black dude? Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Thank hey, you. hey, we're going we're gonna to get there. Don't get worry. It. Get <laughs> it. Um, yeah, nothing in <laughs> the evil dude. Um, yeah, of course they're gonna they're gonna target the most powerful people um in, you know, for in, for this circumstance, that congregation was the dude that everyone believed in. And so his life was not only ruined and the person he was having an affair with wasn't only ruined, but the whole congregation was ruined and that all fell apart. And then all the people that those people talked to, the ripple effect is huge. So, and that's happening all over the world. I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard of Hillsong here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, must Christian, the Christian rock and roll band, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that was the thing, actually, I was going to say before. It's, it was when sort of going to church started becoming entertainment. Yes. yes. And and that is very much worshipping idols. You know, I mean, my, my brother was musical director in the Christian City Church in, in Brookvale in the 80s. Um, and... Hillsong, well, yeah, it's, I think they might have sort of, Hillsong might have been born out of that. But anyway, I, I can't really remember. But that was that was sort of the beginning of all those happy, clappy um, Pentecostal churches, um, which the purpose of that was to bring life into, I hate to say religion, but into bring some spirituality into religiosity, I suppose. Yeah. Because you've got the Anglicans and all that, you know, everyone just tunes out, you know. But um, so bring a little bit of modern music and, you know, some rock and roll and bring some production in. I know that I know um, I don't want to say too much, but uh, I know the business that uh, used to supply Hillsong with a lot of equipment, okay, like recording equipment. 
their recording studios and their TV studios and everything, like state-of-the-art, absolutely incredible. Um, millions and millions of dollars. So they became very, very powerful. And, yeah, the whole the whole thing, the whole purpose, you know, Jesus, I think they put Jesus in the broom closet, you know. It's like, you just wait there. <laughs> um, if we need you, we'll call. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's sort of what happened. And then Hillsong, I don't know if you know that story, but I'll let someone else talk now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I grew up on we're at. Go ahead, Ando. Okay, sorry, sorry. Where, where we're at, we're so far away from the time of Jesus, you know. And uh, supposedly it's been 2,000 years, and I want to say supposedly because there was there there is theories that entire centuries have been uh, uh, confused by historians. Um, but the centermost piece of the Bible is Psalms 118, and I I wanted to read that to y'all, um, and it is that it is better to trust in the Lord. Than to put confidence in man, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in the princes. All nations come past me about, but the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They come past me about, yeah, they can pass me about, but they are in the name of the Lord and I will destroy them. So <laughs> you don't trust men. You don't trust other people and just say like that. This dude told me. This guy told me, uh, this person did the research, you know, you, you learn what you can as much, as much as you can from, uh, as close to the source as possible, but you gotta, you know, you gotta pray for discernment. And this is like, this is why it's so, so special in the time that we live in, because it's 2000 years that we've had since Jesus was on the earth is that we've had this time with the Holy Spirit. And has the world gotten better in 2000 years? I mean, technologically, yeah. But have we gotten more faithful? Have we gotten more devout? Have we gotten more Christian in 2000 years since the Holy Spirit injured our life? Have we become no. better people? Like right. as a species, have we become better? And yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see it. You know, it's like Jesus left us, and uh, and almost immediately we became worse. We should have. But became Jesus better. didn't leave us. Jesus didn't leave us. If you've well, been, I mean, uh, if you've accepted the infilling of the Holy Spirit, yeah. then He's still in you. That's yeah, what's going to yeah, get I us mean, through this. <laughs> he was executed by the people that were supposed to be waiting for him for a very long time. And they're still waiting. So yeah, so they're still waiting. We found I, our, we found our Messiah. In some mm -hmm. ways, in some ways, I feel like um, wow, well, like okay. So I'm I'm not a practicing Christian, but I am becoming ever more faithful, despite not practicing. And it's kind of like the more I discover that the people that I want to trust are fallible the more i realize like you know faith in god faith in christ is maybe the most rational decision because you know in preparation for this episode i've got i've got a, a number of clips here uh lined up but it's kind of like this is 
I think this is going to be like a baster bogus episode with like four or five different people. And I'm just going to come out and say right fucking now that they're all at least 10% bogus. Right. And I, I have to admit, you know, Ando threw out this, uh, this baster bogus George Carlin. And I, I responded by saying, Oh, like obviously based. Like I love George Carlin. Like his comedy has, has spoken to me. It's almost comforted me at times. And the response of like, well, let's take a deeper look. Like he, he was kind of bogus. It's, it, it made me realize what it made me realize is that Carlin, like so many other celebrities is a false idol. People put him on a pedestal. They act like he can do no wrong and because he had a certain level of intelligence and coherence, he was very he was very easy to believe as like a a based sort of philosophical kind of guy, right? But when you take a ten thousand foot view of what he was saying, the truth of it is he said some bullshit, right? And we've got a clip, but any comments before we jump into it? Should I just well, play it? Well, I mean, you can, but <clears throat> you're you're touching on what I think is one of the fundamental complications of the human experience as we know it. And it's interesting that we're getting to this uh, topic because I've been reading a book that's a collection of lectures by Rudolf Steiner. And uh, I'm about halfway through it. And a lot of what he is touching upon in these lectures is what you've been outlining is this tendency of the human animal to view its peer as being superior to itself for whatever reason it is that, that we use to justify uh, this Drizzle, uh, to ourselves. Who is Rudolf Steiner? Please, please uh um, go back a little bit. Rudolf, who was Rudolf Steiner? Uh, you might actually know more about that than I do, Ando. Uh, I'm only familiar with him because his name was given to uh, one of the, um, uh, uh, the schooling system, uh, the Steiner schools. So oh, he was uh, uh, he was what a German. Uh, I guess you could call him a philosopher, but he was more, he was more like a spiritual philosopher. Prussian schooling? No, 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 no. No, this is opposite from Prussian schooling. Uh, this is, matter of fact, his, the Steiner schools are the exact opposite of the Prussian system. Um, they, they are an exploratory uh, type of learning. Um, it's, it's not uh, regimented. It's not structured. It's the, essentially the student is allowed to direct their own education and the teacher is there to help guide them in the process. Um, I'm not an expert, but I very much invite you to look into the roots of Rudolf Steiner and where he gets his philosophies from. Um, because oh, what do you know? Just tell well, us I what don't you know, know because I don't, I don't know, know anything. I don't know a whole lot and I'm not going to say a whole lot because I'm, I haven't, I haven't got, you know, stuff in front of me to, 
points to make or what have you, but just recently, like I, I haven't taken a whole lot of notice of Rudolf Steiner along my life because to me he was, I don't know, maybe it was a spiritual thing. I just sort of kept him at a bit of a distance, even though I did like his philosophies and I I thought that uh, what Drizzle just described there with the education system sounded like a pretty good idea instead of it being regimented and what have you. It was more like, I suppose, just the, the school of life, I suppose. But but I do wonder, though, you know, was that the sort of the, the very beginning shift of um, – you know, taking discipline away, that that kind of thing, like loosening structure, I suppose, and then allowing things to slip in, like removing scripture from school and that kind of thing. So mm. there's that. But um, uh, please don't quote me on this, but I, I'm, I seem to remember there was some connection with Alice Bailey there. So, um, but yes, just, just yeah, yes, yes, because uh, I'm, I'm trying to think the, the word that he uses to describe his philosophical system is anthroposophical, I believe is how it's pronounced, which he was presenting at the time. And again, we have to remember this was back uh, in the very early 20th century around the time of World War One. He was presenting uh, his uh, his process, I guess you would call it, as uh, essentially the antithesis to the theosophical society. In other words, he was like, we know what they're doing, we know where it's going to lead, and we don't want that, so we're going to do this instead. Real quick, uh, I just looked him up on uh, on Wikipedia. Can I read his Wikipedia to the audience just so that Go they have it. a little understanding? Okay. Remembering it's Wikipedia. Oh no! Oh no! And, and oh, he Alice. leaves, and he leaves the studio. <laughs> Look, all right, agent, just let Ando back in because the people yeah. who were here to view that part of the content—they're gone now. So, uh, hey, there's RBL. We lost hey, Ando. How you, but we... how you doing, bub? <laughs> so, so Ando's the one who invites me, and then he bounces as soon as I show up. This is twice, literally, before. like the moment—the <laughs> moment you showed up. Here he is. <laughs> oh, what's man. up? You want me to do yeah. your light work or what? <laughs> Sorry, I I, I I clicked the leave button whenever I was looking for the, the square that shows. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. But uh, here yeah. it is. Rudolf Steiner. He was born in 1861 and he died in 1925. He was an Austrian occultist, social reformer, architect, esotericist, and claimed clairvoyant. He gained initial recognition as a literary critic and published, published works such as The Philosophy of Freedom. Steiner was a highly trained scientist and respected philosopher in his time, who later came to prominence for his spiritual scientific approach to knowledge called anthroposophy. That's what y'all just talked about. He believed that Western civilization would bring destruction on itself and that the Earth, if it did not begin to develop an objective understanding of the spiritual world and its inner uh, interrelationship with the physical world. Steiner's spiritual scientific methods and insights have given birth to practical holistic innovations. Oh, no. Oh, man. We lost you, Ando. Could, uh, while we're just waiting for Ando to come back, can I just... You didn't, lo you didn't lose oh, me, sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm here. It's, I, I was reading, and in uh, this thing, if you're away from the screen for more than a certain amount of time, it'll let you go. Here, I'll give you some more. Okay. Uh, here we go. Steiner's 
spiritual scientific methods and insights have given birth to a practical holistic innovations in many fields, including education, banking, medicine, psychology, the arts and agriculture. And the first more philosophically oriented phase, Steiner attempted to find the synthesis between science and mysticism, which he termed spiritual science. Um, I think that's really cool um, because I don't see science the same way that all the uh, trust the science people came at me. You know, uh, science is kind of science is trying to is basically humans figuring out how God did it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and I think God really wants us to do that. I don't think that God wants us to act like the trust the science people did, though. Well, no, because again, that's that's just creating another uh, another idol uh, to put your your blind faith in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, See, this is what I think. I'm that's what I'm trying to get at here. Okay, well, I tweeted I tweeted this out like what was it a, a week or two ago, right, Ando? I was like, we we live in the age of golden calves. Like that's all we yep. have. Mm, yeah, well put. While I was um, just looking up Alice Bailey there, just this will just say something, okay? People also want... search for Deval Kuhl, Helena Blavatsky, and Rudolf Steiner. Now, if you know who any of those people are, they're all kind of in the same basket there. Um, well, I think it was Alice Bailey who was channeling Deval Kuhl, who I've only just sort of started to read a little bit about. But it, let's put it this way. It's not a place I would be going as a Christian. Okay, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> So uh, you said golden calf drizzle, and I'm thinking that Burger King, now that they've released, released they've released black burgers in uh, Japan, I believe it was, and they recently released uh, pink burgers for the Barbie movie. Soon they will. Oh, when do we get white burgers? The, uh, no, there's, have there's to be the veal. golden. It'll have to be a golden veal burger. So it's a cow yeah, the sure. golden veal. Yeah, the golden veal burger. It's coming. It's coming. To a Burger King near you. Stand by. Find some young horses. So, okay. So, I think I think the whole point, I don't know who any of those folks, you know, y'all just rattled off are. I well, have Vodka, no clue. Definitely, I know who that is. Well, uh, let me In put it this way. Yeah, Alice Bailey wrote The Externalization of the Hierarchy, which uh, basically... If you read through the whole text, and again, this is this is esoteric occult type stuff. Like this is this is the stuff that you get into once you realize that uh, what we're taught in school is just complete garbage, and you start going and looking for your own answers. Uh, but essentially, the externalization of the hierarchy is a blueprint that lays out uh, the path that humanity has taken from essentially the time of the industrial revolution up to its current moment with very few errors in the text, uh, which is kind of incredible in and of itself. Can I also say that Alice Bailey is also who David Icke uh, sort of originally based a lot of his information on. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Beware of him. Wait, Stella, by the way, you, you have, uh, you've recently talked about David Icke in the channel um about how a lot of people should not trust david ike i encourage you to go and look at the um uh, was it david david ike debunked by chris white 
it's you have to you have to put um, the title in, which I don't have handy exactly as it is or else it's really hard to find so you have to put it in like with the correct capitals and everything <laughs> of the title wait the, but but i mean shooter. just because david ike is wrong doesn't mean lizard people aren't real because uh you know whenever i'm on a plane and i say that motherfucker is not real <laughs> i fucking mean it i said that <laughs> with two fingers up and Do two fingers like down we um, didn't ever cover that did we yeah it was it was probably last week or the week before but you know yeah. what I like to think that we're better for not covering that. I agree. That Actually, everybody it, covered that. Yeah. yeah. And we, and yeah, we, we didn't. Yeah. No, we, yeah. we go a little deeper than the surface. Uh, that lady, I think that lady was just drunk. I'm going on the record saying I think she was just drunk. Doesn't mean she wasn't doing some satanic shit. Maybe she is possessed. but I think Oh, she I'll was go on the record saying I think she drunk. was an intelligence asset, and that was an op. That was Absolutely an op. agree, yeah. Drizzle. Okay, okay, okay. So I, I'm with I'm with everybody on the internet whenever I say it doesn't matter. She's freaking hot. Yeah. She was hot. She was hot. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, she was very well groomed and yes, very, very well choreographed and put together, wasn't she? I heard I heard some people say she looks military, even. You know, the way her hair the hair was yep. how thick that core was. That was yeah. like a yeah. yeah. workout girl. So so possibly an op. So, okay, I'm going to try to, like, I want to keep a theme here, right? And I think the theme, that you could describe it one of two ways. False idols or Gnosticism, right? Okay, so, like, what I'm realizing, I think, and, and it, I think it's fitting for the WTF forum because the whole point of the WTF forum is that we're asking questions. We're asking the question, what the fuck? Right, because it don't so, make no sense. And what I'm getting at here before you before you jump in, Ando, I'm seeing the utility of faith in that we can pretend that we can know things, or we can accept the fact that we need to have faith because things are not always going to make sense. Right? Yes, I, I'm a um, pretty new Christian as of like. Uh, you know, I was baptized a little over a year ago. I started dabbling in it uh, about two years ago, but I'm, I still consider myself very new. And I don't 100% disagree with Gnostics, and that's another reason why I'm not Orthodox and, uh, and haven't dabbled in Orthodoxy, is that, that um there is a high possibility that that the deity that we know as Yahweh is not what we should be following, and you know he has a he has a lot of names, you know, and uh, and I I've run this by my aunt. Um, she she doesn't a hundred percent shut me down, which is a thing, and you know like it, it is a thing that she doesn't a hundred percent shut me down. Um, but we we've talked about it. We've we've had our debates about Esau and Jacob recently. Now uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it was only forty minutes because I I really like that that one is always stuck stuck with me. You know because I I see how those people you know the people that say that they came from Jacob behave, and I see them behaving just like Jacob. And then I also see that us as pagans, you know, as people that 
that formed, you know, the the pagan religions and whatnot, we all got absorbed by Jesus at a time. You know, Jesus came and said, hey, you guys can enter my fold at this point, you know? And what did those guys do? All these guys said, yeah, it's my fucking birthright, man. Yeah, I gotta have this fucking birthright. And fuck you, Jesus. You're boiling and shit. You know, like that that's what they did. Sorry for the South Park uh, voices, but I mean, that's basically what, how they reacted to everything. And, uh, and the thing is, is like, okay, so maybe we were the children of Esau. Maybe we were Edom, you know, because they, they say that it, uh, the Edom came from Italy. That's what like most of the, uh, most of the rabbis say. Um, I don't think that Esau was bad. Esau slew Nimrod. And Nimrod was the biggest tyrant of all time. And uh, I, I know you've seen in the channel that, that uh, they're talking about resurrecting Gilgamesh, right? And Gilgamesh and Esau are, or sorry, Gilgamesh and Nimrod are related. Uh, a lot of people believe that Nimrod and, and Gilgamesh are the same thing. And that Nimrod actually just means rebel. That was the name for the word rebel. And, uh, and that Gilgamesh was the proper name of the person that tried to build the Tower of Babel, the person that, that tried to achieve immortality for man. And here we are seeing all of these crazy fucks like Yuval Noah Harari trying to, uh, trying to achieve immortality. Project and we deify ors as Nimrod did when he took a prostitute for a wife and made her a god goddess queen of Babylon. I mean... Sorry. What was what the What was the first thing Never you said apologize, there? Apologize, RBL. By the way, you, everything whores. you add is We deify, we deify whores, is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. Thanks. See, 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 yes. see, yeah, man. I I, we I seem couldn't to be doing this a lot. That's know? that's part of the and goddess like, is returning, yeah. Yeah. I just wonder uh, like when you were talking about you started out Mike when you were in your last comments about blind faith, etc., um, and whether we need to pursue the knowledge, it just made me think of Genesis. Like at the very, very beginning, it was a lack of faith that was the cause of the fall of man. And 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 the tree of knowledge, right? Exactly, the, exactly. The, the assumption. I was about to say that. The assumption of knowledge, right? There's there's a vast difference between knowledge and like, I don't know, discernment, wisdom, wisdom. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, you can know many things, but not be wise, right? Do you guys know the story of Enoch? Hmm. The book of Enoch? Have you ever read it? or li I've listened to it on YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> it's certainly making a resurgence. I have heard that stuff about Yahweh, um, and uh, what you were referring to, and um, I'm not enough... I'm not learned in it enough to comment too much, but um, that knowledge seems to, that gnosis knowledge seems to be coming, prevailing at the moment, um, which which is not a bad thing. As I said, we've got to question everything. Um, I, I'm still searching my way through that. It certainly doesn't mean, as I have heard some people say, it doesn't mean eradicate Jesus. It just means that possibly something that was written about that is in reference to Yahweh, as some people call Jesus, 
um, may not have been exactly that person. But I don't know. But there is definitely a lot of very interesting knowledge coming to the surface now. Um, but again, I'm also aware that <laughs> there's a lot of deception and there's going to, in the last, if, if this is the last day, isn't it? Sure as heck looks like it. Um, there's going to be a lot of uns unsettling and unseating of fundamental beliefs. And that's why I think in the end, for all of us, it's going to come down to, you know, and I'm speaking probably more spiritually, like we're in an empty room and there is just nobody else left except Jesus. And that's just going to be us and him. We can't rely on anybody else. That's my take. Thank so, you. That's that's so yeah. right, Stella. Thank you. I I was going to say, you know, like what I'm learning is to be skeptical of anybody who thinks they know in general. You catch that's my drift? Wise. That is very and wise. So like so like as much as I want to trust and like follow, right? It's almost like somebody tell me what's real. So I go to Joe Rogan or I go to Russell Brand or I go to you <laughs> oh. know, Tom Tom Woods or I go yeah, to yeah. Dave Smith or you know I could go on and on, right? Like Oh, 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 can I drop the the uh the nuke here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. I go to Ron Paul. Ron I Paul. trust Ron Paul. Yes. <laughs> that's the most based of all names mentioned he's, here he's before. Heard, he's pretty much the most based and has been for what 50 fucking he's, years he's got like he's 40 still years a human yes still but, but yes. drizzle drizzle just said it drizzle said it he's yep. still a human he's still a human As somebody That's who listens to Look, ron paul he still every giggles day like a fucking six-year-old yeah well he's he's like he's not jaded king, or anything by it i worry about the him king of, of base to... though is uh is daniel mcadams and, i worry about uh, him getting worked up <laughs> And Daniel keeps him on track a lot of times. <laughs> and I, I fucking love Daniel. He is a he is king based. Yeah. He says things on yeah. social media that he doesn't say on the show that are super based. Exactly. But you're right, Mike. Um, if anyone says they know, I'm 100% run the other way because faith is a belief system. That's all it is. And that's a personal thing. You cannot thrust it upon somebody else or inflict peace on somebody like <laughs> some people do. So yeah, you're right there. And that's very wise. Giving away so, your power by outsourcing critical thinking to others. Yes, exactly. you are. You are abdicating your critical thinking um, or rather than actually critical thinking, like you're, you're outsourcing your faith. You're putting your faith in another human who is fallible, right? Exactly. Like, it, it was we all actually, are. It was super helpful this week. Like, I really, um, I really had to ask myself why, when Ando asked the question, George Carlin based or bogus, I was so ready to say obviously based. Because once I looked at the video you sent, I'm like, yeah, like he was he was sharing a gnostic sort of message of like, of 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 um, nihilism. He he's an he's basically a nihilist. Yeah. The, uh, otherwise, though, I mean, like whenever you you did a like two and a half hours of uh, Mel Gibson based or bogus, I didn't know yeah. a lot of these things, a lot of the bogus things about Mel, who I yeah. would also say is is ten percent bogus at least at, at, at minimum least. ten. 
You know, yes. I'm like, dude, he is he is like one of the most base people of all time. But, but you know, he was also a horrible um well, you know, it's it's so hard to say, but I shared the entirety darn near of this recording that his ex-wife you know, shared with the public where he was saying just just horrible horrible things. There is no like denying the things that he said were horrible. The fact is, though, we still don't know the backstory. You know, it's it's her word against his, but he's still fallible. He's still flawed. And and one of the yeah. things that I brought up in the channel is that that you know all of these people, uh, are, they they evoke a spirit of iconoclasm, and you know they're all false it, false false idols yeah well well no i mean like like they are saying you know like all your icons are bullshit and everything like that and mm. you know and like follow me i'm more interesting or whatever they say you know it doesn't matter but they say something along the along those lines but it's also that same spirit that we get to have now as we take them down yes yes okay so you're hitting on exactly the thing that i'm having a hard time putting words to but the 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 folks that seem like the counter narrative are not necessarily the counter narrative right i have yeah i have a progression here kind of planned out and i'll just tell you i'll tell you who it is it there's direct connection between the narratives of george carlin ice cube jamie fox you know there's there's one or two others but right, this, this yeah so i'm going to try to string this together and i'll try to be as brief as i can but here's here's george carlin right um you know you uh for, uh, the, for uh, a person that started out, uh, uh, was raised in Harlem, mm -hmm. to now finding yourself uh, celebrating your career in, of all places, Aspen. Yeah. I can't think of two more antithetical places than Harlem and Aspen. Aspen, way too many whites. Way too many whites. Way too many whites. In fact, go around the world, way too many whites, even though they're outnumbered, way too many. <laughs> I can't wait until the brown and the black people begin showing up in the big war canoes <laughs> to get their stuff back. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Isn't that going to be great? Because they're already showing up in England, you know, all that colony stuff. The chickens are coming home to roost. Hey, the food stump, man! The food stump! <laughs> they're all going to... Right. <laughs> that's right. If mm. only, uh, symbolically, we should all wear pilgrim suits. So yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm sitting there and I have my notebook out and I'm enjoying the show and I wish I could live a thousand years to watch this all develop the rise of Russia, the rise of China the modernization of, um, of, of Europe, the decline of the white race, it's going to be an amazing story as it develops and, and I just wish I could see it all, I'm 70 now I'll probably live to between 90 and 100 I think and uh, I'll get to see some of it but um, but it is an interesting, exciting thing to watch if you can detach yourself emotionally. Okay, that's enough for now. He goes on. There's well, he like was wrong about one thing, obviously. Go ahead. He didn't How live to be he? 90 or 100. Yeah, no, he died less than a year after that interview. 
Um, but he he goes on. There's a montage of him making jokes about white people, like very self-deprecating kind of jokes. And I, I you know, I was inclined to think he was being basically sarcastic, you know, with the comments that he made in those clips, as well as like the the self-deprecating like white people humor. Um, but when you see it all clipped together, it's kind of alarming, and it's kind of like he was self-loathing and he was nihilistic and it's easy to look at him because he's confident and charming and funny and assume he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. When you look at this horrible empire that whites built, you're, you're sitting here and you're like, you're like, okay, this whites built this freaking horrible, ridiculous empire, you know, like look at it right now, for instance, you know, that you got, you know, white man Mike Pence, who is so white, he's got white hair. You know, and uh, and he, he's near. He's like telling you that he does not care about the shit that's happening in your cities. That he does not. He is. He, it, it's not his concern that your cities are turning into complete shit holes. You know, but at the same time, um, you look at it and you see those guys. You you see those those guys up top. And uh, if you can really see, if you got the real eyes, you can see the guys that rub their hands together during this whole thing, you know? Um, the culture that the, the, the society, everything, the culture, the society, everything that whites built is always going to be fragile. And it, it's because it requires, it requires, you know, uh, taking over areas and you know when you you see for instance the united states uh easy right there you know um and even australia whenever you see that one you you can think about all these things has things have uh things have gotten better for all of those people those people actually like like the suffering that they took during those times, um, whenever they were being eradicated from their lands and and whatnot. They're they're doing fucking better than anybody else. Whenever you see a, a, a conquering from another race, from another group of people, they don't even exist. They're they're not left. They they kill them completely. They eradicate them completely. They don't hang on yeah. to any traces of those. And so, uh, so I we're gonna get to reparations. That's like the end yeah. of this of this whole plot here. And that's okay. kind of I think what you're hitting on, right? I I've yeah. gotten I've gotten into arguments with people who have told me we should give the national parks and the national forests back to the natives. And you know what I say? So I say, what natives, you know, where, like, I mean, yeah, there's what, you know, you know, 20,000, 30,000 native, native Americans probably left at this point. Like, and how do you demonstrate? Oh, okay. Your lineage takes you back to here. Your lineage takes you back to here. This is the same fundamental question as like reparations. It's a, it's a genealogical question. It's how do you prove that you are owed something from someone else 
because their ancestors did something to your ancestors. You know, well, I mean, gotten... if, look at modern day Germany, though. Like you can't even you can't even say certain things without like it, on the internet. You know, like if this if this can end up in us receiving an email from the German government. You know that, right? Did that happen? Say it again. I They're policing the internet content, right? What's that? They're policing internet content? Is that what you mean? More so than anybody. That, that, that especially like things that they go against liberalism and multiculturalism. Uh, if you go against liberalism and multiculturalism, you will receive an email from the German government because your narrative is counter to what they're all about. Well, they also have different laws than some other countries do as well. For instance, I believe, and and somebody please correct correct me on this if I am wrong, uh, but in the nation of Germany, Holocaust denial is actually a crime that you can be prosecuted for. And they seek to go outside of their legal jurisdictions in order to prosecute those crimes sometimes which is exactly part of what you're talking about okay all right keeping keeping this thread i'm trying to keep the thread basically the only the only connection from george carlin to ice cube is that ice cube put out this video y'all probably saw it where he says i ain't a part of their club he's basically making a direct george carlin reference where George Carlin said it's a big club and you ain't in it. And what's so fascinating. So, well, there's another connection between the two of them as well. Let me, let me just real quick. I'll just say, I like as much as I believe that George Carlin and ice cube think that they are counter narrative. They are still serving the narrative in a certain way. And it's just really hard to see between the lines. But this is what I'm starting to realize. Go ahead, Drizzle. Sorry. Well, the other connection that they share is that other people identified them as being prominent civil rights activists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you all heard about um, the contract with Black America, quote unquote? I didn't discover this till today, but I went into the You're ice cream. I went into the Ice Cube territory and Ice Cube in like 2018 started pushing this shit about the contract with Black America. It was all about reparations. It was all about like Yeah, he was pushing it hard in 2020. Yeah, I guess it was it was maybe 2020 into 2020. Yeah. But like I don't know if y'all have noticed, but he's been in the spotlight for the last couple of weeks because it's come out that he what turned down a movie role. So, you know, he didn't want to get vaccinated. So he put, you know, he left $9 million on the table and walked away from a role. And now he's going on a podcasting tour, um, Uh basically to, to expose the gatekeepers, right? Like he's kind of doing like his, his version of, I don't know, Kanye, uh, Alex Jones. I don't know who you want to. But he's doing it in a very soft way, okay? So, like, he apparently... Well, he's the token black guy. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not... Okay, so 
hang on. I got clips. I'm only half joking about that, by the way. Yeah, well, he is kind of the token black guy. I'm not I'm not disagreeing, you know. But I, he was on Bill Maher most recently, right? And everybody's talking about this interview. Um, I found this section pretty interesting. I think I'll play like maybe four or five minutes. It's interesting. We were talking, I don't know, an hour ago or something about how celebrities, right, they're mind goes cuckoo because there's too much adulation Mm -hmm. you're exalted by people so you can get away with anything it's a little like that when you're a cop because you can just basically do anything because you are the police what are they going to do call a cop i am a cop that is a kind of first of all it's it's a lot of power to trust with a person but of course the alternative is not feasible we do need police but it is a lot of power so you should pick much more carefully the kind of people who you're giving that power to you're giving them a monopoly on violence i don't, I don't think they care because <laughs> <laughs> here's why <laughs> you and i they don't they don't when when when, when those cops go out and do something bad yeah the the police don't get the bill like the police, nothing happens to the police department. It all goes to city hall. They have to pay it. Right. The police still get their money. Nobody yeah. loses a dime. Right. Now, if you made police get insurance, if you made police get insurance, now is do you want to be a racist or you want to keep your badge? Because if you keep getting these complaints or you keep brutalizing people and costing us money. We're going to take away your insurance, buddy. We're taking away your badge. You're out of a career. So it's the insurance company call. But the police won't do that. But it's always an opinion. A doctor has to get insurance. Why not a cop? The hard part of it is because cops are engaging with borderline people as their job. They're not engaging with the people who are just going about their lives, not doing anything shady generally. Mm -hmm. So, and they're scared and we've covered that. They shouldn't put their safety ahead of the citizens, but that's who you deal with. I had a cop on my old show, Politically Incorrect, and he said, when I worked in the Spanish neighborhood, I hated Spanish people. When I worked in the black neighborhood, I hated black people. And when I worked in the valley, I hated white people. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah, because you're dealing with, you know, people at their worst. You're dealing with people at their worst every day. And I think. Okay, I'm going to pause here because my point in sharing this segment, right? These are, in my opinion, these are two honest, genuine people who are trying to figure it out but haven't quite gotten there yet. Like I tend I, to, I think I, Bill Maher is big time disingenuous. You think? Oh, I mean, I, totally. Yeah. But well, okay. Let me just for the sake of argument, Benefit Bill Maher the, is one of the gatekeepers. I, I won't disagree, but giving the benefit of the doubt, like I almost see like there's a possibility that these are potentially two guys that are, changing their worldview a little at a time. And they're like, they're like halfway there, right? Like the whole, like 
you can be 80 90% based and 10 20% bogus and you're still super bogus and I, I i almost want to give like these guys and rogan and and you know all these characters who i want to at least not have faith in them but give them the benefit of recognizing their humanness and that they might actually be good faith actors even if they still in in certain ways kind of promote the narrative even even if from the opposite side here's here's my question yeah all right uh ice cube said he was going to go on a whirlwind tour of podcasts to -hmm. put the gatekeepers on notice and maybe it's because I'm in that business. I paid attention to people's reaction to this, uh, this outburst uh, from Mr. Cube and the podcasting world went nuts. Like literally everyone was trying to book him for their show and whose shows did he end up going on? He went on Joe Rogan and he went on Bill Maher and he went on, Throw, throw out some other shows that he went on because I don't know what the, what all the other appearances he has, made has were. He, Pierce Morgan, he went Pierce on. Pierce Morgan, thank that's you. That's not, not a podcast. I know but. for a fact he did not go on a show that has less than a million in their audience. So who exactly are these gatekeepers that he was putting on notice? That's my question. Has he uh, been on Tim Pool or Russell Brand yet? <laughs> Not as far as I know. I don't. Uh, he'll get there. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, there were some good points raised by Mr. Cube. And let's just take a moment to think about the name. Um, where he says, you know, when police are in um, black areas, he they hate black people. When they're in certain areas, they hate that, those people. It's like there lies, that says it all. There lies the problem. The problem is not the race, the color, the culture. It's The problem is the human heart. And, you know, everywhere you go where there's humans, you're going to find that. So it really does come down to, it does sort of come, I hate saying this, but it does come down to black and white, really, in the end. You've either got a good heart or you haven't. Um, And obviously there's going to be people around you that are going to influence you, whether they be directly in your circles or idols or things you listen to, what have you. Um, The human heart is the one that needs to make the decisions and only changing the human heart is going to change the world. So <laughs> sorry to get all Michael Jackson on you, but yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not a cultural or a race war. It's, it's a heart war. <laughs> well, I agree. Um, you know, again, this is like kind of a tricky, I don't know. I always, I always have trouble like weaving the web of how I see connections between all this shit, but in I essence, you're doing pretty good so far. I'm trying. I'm real. Tr- I'm really trying. So I, I see this thing, right, where black men, oh, I'm just going to say it how, how I feel it. How about I say it this way? If you're white or Asian, you're not allowed to be masculine. But if you're black or Hispanic, you are. And mm, there's I, this- would, I would argue I would argue that uh, the opposite is true. You think? Uh, actually, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think what might actually be uh, a more salient aspect of this to pay attention to is exactly what they are trying to pull off with this piece of media right here with the white man, Bill Maher, 
and the mm -hmm. black man ice cube they already mm -hmm. tried this once with uh bruce springsteen and barack obama and that also failed miserably so there's that have y'all seen the andy samberg uh snoop dogg commercial i've heard about it uh, hang on just a second nope. so in essence what what the common trope has become is um, the white man is the doofus, right? We got Homer Simpson, and then the the black man is like the sage, the 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 cool note, like know everything, like sage. And this is like kind of a common trope. I mean, how many strong like male aside from I would say Breaking Bad, which is kind of sad because he's like an antihero. But like, ever since I've been a you know kid, you know it's like Malcolm in the Middle. Speaking of Breaking Bad, I mean, fucking Walter White was the bumbling you know doofus of a dad, kind of the uh, the live action Homer Simpson. I mean, do y'all follow me? Yeah, here? it goes back even further than that. You can go back to Al Bundy on Married with Children in the nineties. Uh, you can go back to the sitcoms in the eighties and start to see the transformation from the the traditional uh american father who's you know head of household uh lord of his manor and that sort of thing to just like what you're saying the the bumbling idiot who thank god mom allows him to sleep here or otherwise he'd probably die in the wilderness yeah you know okay so i didn't play enough of the george carlin clip but george carlin had a whole a whole shtick about you know, one of the things he hates most is white guys who wear their baseball hats backwards and how like like you'll never be cool like a black guy. That was his whole like punchline. He's like and it again, like I I really loved George Carlin and maybe it's because he tapped into my own misanthropic tendencies, right? Misery loves company. So when you agree with the 90%, you're willing to take the 10% that's bullshit. Again, this is my theme. This is people can be mostly based and super bogus. Like I tend to like Snoop Dogg and Andy Samberg, but they're both, whether they're conscious of it or not, promoting an agenda with, with this commercial here. A Corona and palm trees, huh. a corona, and calm seas, and a bomb breeze, and some long knees, strong like a tongue squeeze. You'll say, oh, geez, when I make your lawn freeze. Was that good? No. Oh. It was incredible. Oh. Lee bad. Oh. But this, this is good. Black man cool, white man dweeb, drink corona, you know? I'm sure Corona has probably had a pretty hard knock over the last couple of years. In fairness, really trap music in the past with uh, Lonely Island or something, right? Yeah, actually, Andy Samberg. That's a, like again, a, a bit of a rapper. Andy Samberg has rap, but Snoop songs. is the the dog father. So of course, you know, right. it's like you know, Jamiroquai meets James Brown or something. They're like, what do you expect? Like. I don't think it's even racing oh, there in that one. Maybe. I never thought of that before. That's that's the perfect analogy. At least <laughs> Sandberg's a Jew, so it, it makes up for it a little bit. 
And, and as far as white men not being cool for wearing I, I think not clothes. seeing race is uh oh god you can't I think not focusing on race is the um solution that my parents knew they're 70 years old they weren't racist you know they had the MLK idea seemed like a good idea I don't know what's going on it's not I don't know everyone's hyper focused on it now it's it's crazy well, so it's I think this, exactly. like, this is, this is exactly. something I want to I want to like clarify in that like with the WTF form I I I feel like we're trying to get beyond that base argument of races, right? Like I, I, with, with, with the jokes we make, sometimes I'm like, let's be careful. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to come across as assuming anything about anybody based on religion, race, or otherwise, but everybody comes with a bias culturally, you know, from whatever their education, their bring upbringing. And, um, I don't know, dude, like, I'm not trying to be apologetic, but like, again, I'm, you know what I mean? I, I think we're trying to get beyond the base level, like race argument, even though it does play a factor. Yeah. Well, they're trying to make us look at race. So obviously every time they try to make us look at something, we need to look the opposite way. But the problem with that, I do see in sort of foresee is we have to also be careful because when the pendulum swing, swings the other way, that's also an extreme. And is the pendulum is this purposely built so that we're all going? We can't look at race. We have to unite. And then all of a sudden, we're trapped in this. We are one, one everything, which is exactly what they want us to do. And that oneness and that unity sounds so so beautiful and so tempting. However, in their oneness that they're forcing on us it strips the individual. It just becomes one conglomerate one. What we need to do is unite in heart, but also remain as individuals, as each member of a body, like Jesus said, or like is written in the Bible. Um, we are we are all individual members. With The hand is no good without five fingers. You know, the arm is no good without a hand. Each person brings something different to make up a solid unity, not to merge into one, if you if that makes any sense. Hey, I got a question for you, Mike. Have you ever seen a movie called Beverly Hills Cop? Uh, it's been a long time, but yeah. You have seen it? Okay. Yeah. So um, for, for folks in the audience who may not have seen this movie before, I'll just kind of uh, set up the, uh, the story really quick. I won't give away any spoilers, but it's uh, a cop from Detroit played by Eddie Murphy, who is a black man, goes to uh, Los Angeles and uh, helps the cops there in Beverly Hills, white guys, uh, solve crimes uh, while he's there in Los Angeles. And like basically the whole movie is laid out exactly like what they just showed you in this Corona beer commercial. It's the, the smart black cop always outwitting the dumb white cops to hilarious results. Even men in black played on that, that trope there. Yeah. The, that's a, that's a Hollywood trope. Really? The streetwise black and, man. In fact, and, and, yeah. Yep. It's been around yeah. a while. Yeah. You know, like, again, I'm not trying to like, 
not to say that I ascribe to these stereotypes. I'm saying that these are tropes that get reinforced in our media, mm-hmm. right? Well, and that, and that, and that, like, it's, I, I, I think it's kind of a psyop to strip. I hate, I, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but like, strip the majority, you know, the white male, like, majority of their confidence, you know, to paint the, the suburban white dad with the, you know, Reebok sneakers and the tucked in shirt and the tube socks as like less than man, you know, like not, not a masculine man, even though like generally speaking, uh, you know, suburban dads do a pretty good job, like you know, sustaining their families and paying the bills and they're done. And I don't know, man, like it's, it, it seems to me like one more attack on like the nuclear family. Um, you know, it's like for for the black population population they utilize the war on drugs. For for the white population, it's it's sort of more of this psychological thing where they're they're just trying to strip men of their confidence and their their manness. Yeah, and what they're presenting is a whole bunch of men who want to turn into women, and a bunch of wimps who just have. Yeah, their balls have receded naturally just through their attitude. Well, the way they've been indoctrinated. Uh, So, but, you know, I'm seeing in front of me right now, there's four masculine men. Uh, There's more masculine men in the WTF group. I know many masculine men. That's a horrible thing to say about Rose. (laughs) (laughs) I said four. Welcome to the forum, Rose. I'm, I'm drinking a Bud Light. (laughs) <laughs> so all I'm saying is that we haven't lost the masculine men. They're just making us think that we have because they want our psyche to, well, but even women, I suppose, Correct. sort of they want traditionally us to looked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they um, Traditionally, we would look to men to, you know, traditionally women would look to men to be our protectors while we gather the berries, you know what I mean? So um, yeah. that's what they're trying to strip away. Yeah, well, it's I've shared psychological warfare. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I shared I shared a video with the with the Telegram for for the forum hosts um, last night where I went and I saw you know I went to this uh, racetrack right and I saw these little kids racing and it was boys and girls. I mean, this is not strictly a male sport, but these are like eight to ten year olds racing around like a legitimate racetrack in in little little itty bitty race cars and i i shared it with the forum because i'm like this gives me hope in the future like these are kids that are being raised to have confidence right and i'm not going to go on all night we got to introduce rose pinochet rose (laughs) yeah what up i'll I'll get the hat for you (laughs) yeah now we we met we met rose at at uh, Childeberg, right, Ando? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, look at you. <laughs> like a, a boss from Street Fighter 3 or something. That's because I am a boss from Street Fighter 3. Yeah. <laughs> My special move is called the Goy Slap Destroyer. <laughs> Man, we just get that out of here. Um, I told Andy that I was going to sign on as soon as I came from the Barbie movie. Oh shit! Oh shit! Speaking of speaking of emasculation, right? Speaking of emasculation, Um, I pick berries. I mean, am I? Do I have the right influence (laughs) or the the right idea here? How was the movie? Okay, so did anyone see it? 
No. No. Good. I went not because I wanted to see it. It was kind of an inside joke with a friend of mine. Um, he got super high, <laughs> as he does on all movies. Um, I'm not going to even preface this with, oh, my God, I don't want to give you spoilers. It's not the type of movie where you're like, oh, I'm so shocked. Um, so the visuals were very nice, right? Like, it's sparkly. It's pink if you're into that type of thing, right? Margot Robbie is beautiful, obviously. Ryan Gosling, not so much. Um, but the whole point of the movie, right? It, it's just, it's so ridiculous. Like, I'm not even going to go into, like, the little uh, subtle lines of, like, Jewish perversion. But it's a movie where one sex, the Barbie sex, is subservient. Sorry, the Kens are subservient to the Barbies. And then one member, who is Ken, attempts to change that, and the change is terrible. And then the happy ending comes when everything comes back to the status quo, and everyone's okay. So the Barbies wow. are once again in charge of the Barbie world. And it's, wow. you know, they keep saying, oh my God, the patriarchy, the patriarchy. And Ryan Gosling is obviously um, just a caricature, not just as Ken, but of yeah. all men. So he comes into the real world because there's some sort of portal that goes from Barbie land to Ken land. And um, he realizes, because they've never heard of patriarchy in Barbie land. He says, I can do any job because I'm a man. So everyone in the real world denies him. They're like, you need an NBA, you need this, you need that. Yeah, it's called merit. It's called fucking merit. And this is what every single person on, you know, well, I don't know every single person here, but most people that I and Andy associate and affiliate with, that's all we preach, merit. So no, you can't just do something because you're a man or a woman. You have to work hard for it. Now, the subtext of it is very funny. Like it's very, very woke. And there's a point where Barbie talks to what's his name will farrell's character and she's like yeah this is great um you know where are all the women ceos and the entire boardroom is all men and he's like get into the box barbie and she goes no you know like she's like i will but i need to fix my hair and so when he's trying to reassure her to go into the box so he can like fix everything he goes I have friends who are women, right? Obviously, like parroting those tropes, like, I'm not racist, I'm not a sexist. But then he says, I have Jewish friends. I was like, ah, there it is. There it is. It was, it was so cringe. And then um, that was, that was in the movie, you're saying, movie. like verbatim? Uh, verbatim. So it's just baked with like identity shit. Yes. And then there's another part of the movie where. Barbie, so she has to, she speaks to weird Barbie. Um, and she's like, well, the continuum is due to the fact that you're the girl who plays with you as a doll in the real world. Something is happening and she's disassociating. You just have to set her straight. She goes to the real world and she thinks it's a 16 year old girl. It happens to be her mother though. So She's like, hi, I'm real Barbie. Like, you love me. And the girl's like, the patriarchy. You built up the patriarchy. And just like all this ridiculous nonsense. And I just like to define that the word patriarchy is not, you know, an excuse of affirmative action for men. No, no, no. The 
patriarchy was a term that was used for men who lead a family, which also means that it's men and women who are responsible leaders within their, you know, microcosm. But none of that matters. Facts don't matter. All we know is that as women, we are constantly oppressed. And I'm not saying women have it easy, right? There's a lot of problems um, that society faces that we all face. But goddamn, do you have to hit it so on the nose? So typical voice lock movie. Um, would not recommend unless you sneak in for free. <laughs> Speaking of patriarchy and all that, I saw yesterday the kanji for wife mm -hmm. is the kanji for woman plus the kanji for house side by side. And the kanji for husband is the kanji for man plus field side by side. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, they need to be canceled. Maybe we should get our reparation, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're working our way there, little by little. Um, so, I, you know, there's this weird thing, right, where Jamie Foxx just, like, supposedly came back in into the world from God knows <laughs> the where. More, the from more death? important movie of the week. The most important movie of the week. Yes. The most yes. important movie of this month. Tyrone, I've been waiting all day for this. Tyrone got cloned, right? So <laughs> the video, dude, I mean, the video of him on Instagram, I watched it like 12 times. It's so weird. Um, I found this this YouTube kind of breakdown, um, and I, I'm not saying like it's perfect, but it's worth maybe listening to and commenting on. Um, let's see here. I think this is the one. Ice Cube, the renowned rapper and actor, has recently made some bold statements that have ignited intense controversy and raised crucial questions about the rap industry's influence. According to Ice Cube, not only do Hollywood elites dictate the shots in the music industry, but they also have undisclosed involvement in the private prison system. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say real quick. Yeah, so there's this weird like connection, you know. Ice Cube is being painted as the guy that refused the shot. Jamie Foxx is being painted as the guy who maybe got the shot and had a bad reaction. Um, there's, I don't, I don't know how to quite ex explain the overlap of their stories, but there's, there's something going on here that I'll try to, I'll try to get to the, to the connections if I can. It's just, it's weird. A truly shady double life. Same people who own the labels own the prisons. But that's not all. Ice Cube is causing quite a stir by revealing that record labels and committees manipulate and dictate what rappers say in their songs. It's as if they're playing the role of puppet masters, orchestrating a grand scheme to promote criminal activities through catchy tunes. Record company guys sit around and tell them... Hollywood does the exact same thing. This is hot. Say that. Do this. We're going to have this guy write the lyrics. We're going to have that. Meanwhile, as Ice Cube fearlessly exposes the dark secrets of the music industry and its connection to the elusive Hollywood elites, it seems that some other big names in the industry are feeling the heat, too. Whispers in the grapevine suggest that these celebrities, who are also battling against the powers that be, are genuinely worried about Ice Cube's safety. But what exactly did they say? Buckle up, because we're about to spill the tea on this story. 
it seems like these fellow fighters are rallying around Ice Cube, expressing their genuine concerns for his well-being. They believe that his bold statements have made him a target for potential danger. First up is the legendary Dave Chappelle, known for his fearless commentary and sharp wit. There is a famous clip of comedian Dave Chappelle explaining that celebrities aren't crazy as they're always labeled, but that rather, Hollywood is sick. The actor and comedian spoke with James Lipton for Inside the Actors Studio in 2006, and during the interview, Chappelle shared insights on the dismissive and sick culture within Hollywood, which allowed for many celebrities to be dismissed as being crazy. He also spoke of how destructive Hollywood culture could be and how once one diverted their attention from it, something bad usually happened. They would lose their fortune and fame and sometimes even their lives, like all the musicians and entertainers who were allegedly unalive for trying to write tell-all books. Because when you don't want to be a part of their fucking club, that pisses them off. What's more, Chappelle has also had his fair share of dealings with the Hollywood elites. In fact, he has been an ardent critic of how these Hollywood elites treat black comedians. He boldly claimed that Kevin Hart, a comedic powerhouse, reached the pinnacle of success only after compromising his principles and engaging in acts he swore he'd never do. In a recently resurfaced interview, Chappelle revealed that the industry once tried to make him wear a dress. Curious if his fellow comedian had faced similar pressures, Chappelle questioned Hart about his boundaries. Initially, Hart denied experiencing such situations. However, a year later, he shocked the world by donning a dress on Saturday Night Live, contradicting his previous statements. Fans and critics accused him of selling out for fame, igniting debates about the compromises demanded by Hollywood. But Chappelle's experiences go far beyond dresses. He has fearlessly exposed the manipulative tactics of industry higher-ups who sought to control his name and likeness perpetually through contracts. Chappelle has been a leading voice in addressing the conspiracy theory that black male entertainers are coerced into wearing dresses on screen before achieving fame. Many successful black comedians and actors have stepped forward to share their experience. How's it a conspiracy theory if he's telling you about it? A black male actor just told you. They've tried yeah, to put so, me in a dress. So, so this is, to me, just an interesting thing. Like, they're trying to get black celebrities to wear dresses on TV. Like, humiliation if, ritual. The, 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 the drug war only did so much damage. So now we're going to demasculinize, even though, like, yeah, it's it's a dominance thing. It's right. it's about the people who control the industry showing everybody, literally everybody that works in it that you only get as far as we allow you to get and yeah. go ahead and challenge us on that if you want to. See what happens. And yeah, for and every 12 of those guys who gets killed, there's one that they can use. And then right. he'll going forth set the spectrum. And that's all they of, need is the one of the response we're permitted to have to what they're doing, right? And it's and it's that's, not just that's uh, your overlap right there between Ice Cube and Jamie Fox is they are both prominent cultural icons. They are both people that the quote unquote black community were told allegedly put on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. False idols. That's, I mean, that again, that's what I said at the beginning. That's kind of the theme running through. It's kind of like, um, you know, I don't give a fuck, Ice Cube, like Dave Chappelle. Like, as much as I want to believe or enjoy, like, these entertainers. I'll take it. They're, I, they're all, they're all half, at least half fucking bogus, dude. I don't know. I'm just, I don't no, really you're have, right. 
Yeah. Like uh, like your Jimmy Dore, your Russell Brand, you know, like Russell Brand's spitting out globalist shit and on the side with his truther mm-hmm. shit. You know, yeah, Jimmy he- Dore. Jimmy Dore wants to take your guns. Um, and you wanted you wanted you to get the fucking jab for a while. I don't know if any of you have seen <laughs> Russell Brand being all chummy with you, Val Noah Harari, but they love each other. I, I uh, idolized it as uh, album art for an episode of Liberty Radio. That's right. Yeah, well, um, uh, I saw Dave Chappelle live. This is one, it's one of the very few things I've seen. I'm pretty, you know, 90% hermit. But I thought, nah, I've got to get out more. So um, I attempted to get out more. <laughs> um, somebody else was uh, gave me a free ticket and, you know, free overnight in a motel and everything. So, okay, can't really argue. So I went up and I saw Dave Chappelle and I just, like everyone was telling me, this guy is so funny. He's, you're going to love him. I, d- I was absolutely freaking disgusted. That guy is just, oh, man, to- I mean, toilet mouth. Like I'm not, I'm not a prude. Toilet mouth, toilet attitude towards. I know it was sort of in the name of comedy, but the person that I was with, who was also like even way more like full on Christian, like ridiculously, um, and she had a fifteen year old uh, daughter with us. There was a very young child in, oh, probably a ten year old girl in the front second row that Dave actually like you know how they center out people in the audience so that they can keep going back to them and sort of spin jokes and what have you and keep keep a theme going I picked out this this really young girl and my my god like I don't even want to say the things that he was talking about it was filth absolutely disgusting and I certainly they said that you um it is highly advised not to bring minors to that concert it should have been absolutely not allowed. It should have been restricted at least. A week. We go 18 years. You guys you guys go 21 years more so for adult. But um, there's no way that that child should have been in there. And then he'd made it worse by, like, putting the spotlight on her and, and really involving her and her father. It was an absolute disgrace. And I'm sorry, everyone who loves Dave Chappelle, but that was my spirit just going, this guy stinks to high heaven. That's my take on him. Bella, Don't. what were some of the jokes uh, that he isolated? Because you said um, you said isolated. I'm going to assume he didn't heckle a ten year old. I'm just curious. Obviously not verbatim, but what were some of the jokes that he uh, he performed, or I guess he isolated for this ten year old? I couldn't even tell you verbatim at the okay. moment because, like, there is a point where I do pray to forget a lot of that stuff. But not, um, not verbatim. Just you know, topics, well, anything that you can remember. Just really like sexually disgusting stuff, uh, bodily sort of, you know, like pissing on people, um, uh, you know, ha- basically did, did mock um, handicapped people, you know. I mean, like I can I can kind of snigger to a few of those things. I'm not completely square here, uh-huh. but there's a there's a threshold, you know, where it just becomes that was unnecessary. There was a whole lot of people not laughing. It wasn't just me and my friend. Um there was sadly a lot of people did laugh, but probably because they just caught up in it. But um, no, I, I could see there was quite a few people around who just were going, oh, that's a bit full on. Maybe it was just the Australians versus American humour. I don't know. But uh, I, I will say this, though. I don't know why anyone would bring their teenage child or 10-year-old to a comedy, right? It's, you know, it, it's not a place for children. This is not a friendly, a family-friendly comedian. There are some... You know, they don't swear. They make sure that 
they keep their humor clean. Yeah. Um, Dave Chappelle very notoriously is not one of those people. So that's a judgment call and a bad one on parents. Oh, I totally agree. I, I don't know. I felt like going up and punching that father, but um, there was a yes. number of young young children in the audience too. So um, it wasn't, you know, obviously, yes, a bad call. And maybe Australians don't really know the depth of Dave Chappelle. Maybe they didn't check him out well enough. I don't know. Um, they only know what they see on Netflix. I don't watch Netflix. I'd never even hardly heard of the guy. Didn't know anything about him. Had never seen him before. Okay. So I just so, I just cruised along to see what it was all about and why everyone was going. Oh, he's so good. Dave Chappelle um, had a comedy skit. I think I was about sixteen years old, or yeah, around that time on Comedy Central, and it was like the Race Olympics. That was hysterical. That was like Dave Chappelle at its prime. But the the Netflix comedy specials, like I don't have Netflix, but I saw it with a friend. I thought they were very weak, especially in comparison to his other stuff. He's good with yeah. like, like he and Peel, right? Comedy skip type of things. It should not be a two, three hour special, but most people can't cut it. The best, the best thing he ever did was Clayton Dixon, the, uh, the, the black white supremacist. Yes. He, yes. Clayton Bigsby. Clayton Bigsby. Thank you. Bigsby, and yes. he, yeah, a blind black man who doesn't know that he's black because his his adopted parents didn't have the heart to tell him, and he becomes a fucking KKK guy. <laughs> it's like that's that's pretty funny, man. It's pretty funny. But again, okay, so yeah, like it illustrates that it's a heart. It's in your heart. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah I could see that. I, I wanted to like him because I could see there was. I could see mm -hmm. in between you know, the bits where he wasn't being crude or anything. I, I did laugh. I thought I quite liked his delivery and what have you, and I wanted to like him, but there was just too much verbal vomit spewing out that sewer mouth for me. Yeah. I like yeah. that alliteration. Again, vomit. people – I've seen him go really, really dirty <laughs> on, like, cell phone recordings in clubs, but I, I can't imagine he would do it in front of a 10-year-old. That's, like, got to be for shock mm -hmm. or something. Well, highly inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. this is a guy that people lift up as like an idol. You know, I don't know what the parents were thinking. Yeah. Oh, but and not only that. Sorry, just let me put in this very mm -hmm. last bit. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know how much the tickets were because I didn't buy them. But then my friend told me a bit later. I was mm -hmm. like, "Are you serious? What? <laughs> like what? It was a couple hundred bucks, yeah. and and he went for for sixty five minutes." I've never been to a concert or anything that's only gone for a little bit over an hour. That was such a ripoff. It might have been an, an hour ten, maybe I don't know, but it was it was around that time, and I, it was like, okay, everyone, good night. We just looked at each other and went, "Are you serious? That's all he's giving us?" And, well, I mean, I was quite happy about it personally, but on a value <laughs> sense, I no opener, total, no, no opener, no, no support, no closer, <laughs> no nothing. It was just, oh, good night, see ya. Okay. Sad. Off. Sad. Once upon a time, we had entertainers who cared, and they were there to entertain. Now everything's political. I'm very tired of everything being politicized. Yeah. But, um, you know, since we're on the forms of entertainment, it's very funny. Just one comment about the movie. Uh, so Barbie's supposed to be this, you know, gorgeous doll that obviously you know, hyperbolicizes standards, right? You don't want to play with an ugly doll. Like you want to aspire to be better, right? We all do. We all should. And 
the whole movie preaches like this, again, this equality standard, because what the left always does, and Uncle Ted speaks about this in the manifesto, is they're so scared of beauty that they want to just take everything and make it ugly. So there's like a tranny Barbie, Lord help us all. Um, there's like a handicapped Barbie, a fat Barbie, a this and a that Barbie. And it's like, no, you cannot compare these iconic dolls um, to the atrocities that are being played by them. And so when you when you kind of look at Hollywood and what they've always tried to put, right, like the voice of the regressives is always the nice guy, the pretty Barbie, right? Like Margot Robbie's like, oh, wow, I think I get it. And we're just going to play nice and everything. But the truth is in the mouths of the villains, right? Um, any mm -hmm. single story you can think of, like when we were growing up, the villain spoke a lot of truth. I mean, let's talk about The Lion King. I hate that movie. But Scar was based as fuck. Like, he was so right. Everything is a power process. And it's so on the nose sometimes. And they know that they're doing it. And, like, when you grow up and you kind of have a better semblance of the world, you're like, you know, I think I'm going to agree with the villain. You come to understand, like, the beliefs that the villains hold, why they hold them, the, the point of sociopolitics, the, the industries that they're in. And you're like, wow, this is how real life works. And it's very much part of like what the Jews do, you know, like the bits of subversion where they're like, okay, we're going to give you like a little gangle of truth and you're going to have to work for it. But the entire movie is there to kind of be like this MK ultra psyop of this is bad. This is bad. This is the truth, but the truth is bad. Very funny because um, you're you're retelling of, of uh, what's his name, Dave Chappelle, um, mirrors that. Like I think I thought he was funny, and he has a lot of great points to make. But your humor has certainly gone, you know, the wayside when you've started to comply to all the goy slop agenda. Yep. And what you said about they're trying to eradicate beauty, I definitely agree with that, but I would add they're trying to eradicate natural beauty. So God's work. Yes. Because they are trying to replace it with botulism in people's everywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. Silicon, you know, yes. dyes, whatever it takes, um, implants, whatever it takes. They're trying Doesn't to just matter as long as it beauty. is synthetic. Exactly. Yes. It has to be synthetic. It has to be man-made. I mean, we're already half transhuman, aren't we? Like, because we've already, you know, taken so much of our naturalness away. Uh, yeah. Where Where are all the feminists uh, talking about how Barbie is a, you know, a un, unattainable uh, level of beauty? That was know, like, that was the talking point in the movie. Don't was it? worry. Of yes, course, it was. Yeah. Of course, of course. I mean, how did they here, here's a question. How did they resolve it? Or did they resolve it? Um. So when Barbie goes to the real world to find the girl, because she's like, oh, my goodness, I got cellulite, right? That's how you know that there's like a space-time continuum rip. So she goes to the girl and she's like, I think, you know, you play with me and I'm Barbie. And the girl's like, you are the problem for the patriarchy. Literally, you caused all these issues. And I'm like, there is a group of people that is responsible for everything, but it's certainly not women and it's certainly not beautiful women. And it's certainly not for these reasons, right? Like 
there is no resolve. The only resolve is egalitarianism, that we all have to love who we are and accept ourselves for ourselves. Disgusting. Amen. Yeah. All right. So like I find I find that there's this kind of I don't know, maybe I'm just off base, but I, I feel like there's a theme or a you know what I see being done to black celebrities, right? Like I think is an MK Ultra kind of psyop. Yeah. They've already emasculated the white men and they have to be a little bit different in their approach with the black men. And you know, like, I don't know how much you guys know or what you think about, like, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, how he's apparently... They were... He's groomed, mob boss. How he's groomed, like, younger... You know, he apparently groomed Usher. Yeah. And he apparently groomed um, Justin Bieber. And, I mean, it's almost, like, too on the nose, right? His name that he chooses to go by is Puff daddy i mean come on right or p diddy i mean yeah. come on diddy we like we got a diddy <laughs> we got a diddler over here right Ditting the children and and there's again there's just these weird connections it's like the ice cube jamie fox puff daddy um there's this weird like overlap and i i don't know what to make of it but here's you know i found this to be halfway interesting During this interview, they addressed the parties and celebrations that they had at the so-called flavor camp. Flavor camp? Yeah, it's cool. And you're going to go to Puff Daddy. During this interview, Usher didn't really get into details about what he saw, but only said that he got to know the lifestyle, but did not know if he would participate and indulge since it was pretty wild. With the beans already spilled, a lot of people have talked about it, and one of the rappers who has something to say about this whole situation is Ice Cube. But for Ice Cube, he has decided to spill the beans, not only on Diddy, but also on the dark side of the music industry. In a podcast that he posted on social media a few months ago, Cube claimed that Jamie Foxx was attacked by the elites behind the scenes. And what I realized with the club is what makes them so mad. These claims have worried everyone as nobody knows where Jamie Foxx is. It seems he has disappeared from the world, but there have been reports that he is doing well. During this podcast, Ice Cube claimed that he is not part of the inside club with many stars on their call. Moreover, Cube claimed that all his fans are not part of the club. It is said that all the celebrities who are also part of the industry elite also pass the club's agenda down to their audiences. Because of this, these audiences become part of the club indirectly. But what's the main issue with this club? All the influential Ice Cube states this elite club wants and other large figures like Cube refuse to bend to their will. The club supposedly gets angry. This secret society is said to have a lot of influence on its members' lives. And it goes without saying that Jamie Foxx is one of them. The word on the street is that Jamie has been on the club's hit list for quite some time. With this, it seems that the secret society is only loyal to itself. Ice Cube claims that each celebrity has to go head-to-head with this family at least once in their career. However, people don't understand that these so-called gatekeepers are responsible for more than keeping the club a secret from the entire world. So, now that you know this, I'm sure you can agree that Jamie's being in the hospital can somehow be related to the Hollywood elite. 
This hospitalization came some weeks after the production of Back in Action, which Jamie was shooting with Cameron Diaz, began. However, it is said that Fox allegedly had a breakdown on set at some point in the production. According to The Sun, production of Fox and Diaz's movie, which is her first film in nine years, had been stopped because of a meltdown that Fox had on set. Also, people claimed that this meltdown was so bad that four people were fired. An insider claimed, there have been some issues on set and Jamie has had a major meltdown over it all. He demanded the problems be sorted immediately and sacked four of the production staff as if that would magically improve the situation. According to this source, some of the people who are working on the film are totally fed up with how this has played out and Jamie has become pretty unpopular. Because of all the stress that Jamie is going through, he quickly fell ill. And when the family and team were asked, nobody would explain what happened. There Bullshit. We know what yeah. happened. That's that's yeah, that's about enough of that. But thought I don't know. I don't know if you caught that, but on the um the closed captions there, did you notice where it said "totally fed up"? There was "totally fed" in inverted commas. <laughs> the whole crew was totally fed. <laughs> but I, I think that was an AI voiceover, personally, a very good one. I think it was an AI video too. Um, yeah, there was some weird choppiness to the voice. It was not natural. Again, I'm like, I'm like. I'm not trying to be People Magazine here. I'm bringing this to our attention to try to like make sense of just the the charade, like the show that's going on, right? Like, I don't. I, why do I care what the fuck happens to Jamie Fox? I shouldn't. I shouldn't care. Why do I care what Ice Cube has to say? I shouldn't. But I still sort of do because I've been programmed to. And it's the ones that I tend to agree with that I'm starting to realize might be the most dangerous, mm -hmm. right? Right. Can I point out one thing? Yeah. That's why Obama can, can was I just, dangerous. Can I just point out one People want to get behind them. Before anybody says anything else about this. Uh, <laughs> and actually what I'll do is I'll pose this as a question to the other five uh, that are joining me this evening. Does anyone... Uh, on this forum can not consider Jamie Foxx to be one of the greatest actors of his generation. I is have that, love is that for something we can all and agree Jamie on. Fox. And mean, Jamie Jam Foxx in Living Color when I was growing up on the TV, yeah. uh, along with Tommy Davidson, wonderful last. Ray, Ray. I mean, I, I love Django Unchained. I love Ray. I'm, I, yeah, he's a talented guy. You, he's did a you talented all see? They put actor. him in a dress. Yeah, they he's made him play Wanda every night. Actor. I hear what you're saying, Drizzle. So let's talk about the black celebrities in dresses, right? For the emasculation purposes. In Hollywood, in the 50s, I believe, right? Um, when they had Asians on the silver screen, they were often you know, portrayed as like really buff. They were great surfers, right? Cause that was, you know, like the whole, I guess, wave of Polynesian culture, right? Like surfing and tiki drinks and all that. Um, and Hollywood's like, no, 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 this, this has to go, right? Because people were starting to like follow martial arts, right? Then we had Bruce Lee later on. Um, Hollywood did the same thing to Asian Americans, which I know is so hard because we have like this awful, I guess, vision of them. But Hollywood did exactly the same thing. They emasculated them. They took away 
any pride that they had, they took away any culture they had, and they just made them like the loser cock friend. I, I made a comment to this nature, I think, before you jumped on, Rose, where mm -hmm. I, I just my my feeling on the matter is that you're not allowed to act masculine unless you're black, brown, whatever. The, 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 the exclusion is Asian men and white men have been like basically labeled as either nerds or dweebs yep. in, 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 in media, in media. You're, you're absolutely correct, Mike, except that it is dependent upon the role that you are portraying in the media. If you are portraying the traditional masculine role of uh, the, the father that provides for his family and protects his, uh, his spouse and his children, uh, and and all of those sorts of things, you know, the cornerstone of the family that that traditional image of a man. If that's what you're trying to portray in the media, uh, then you're absolutely right. You're going to be torn down, regardless of what the color of your skin is. But if you are promoting, uh, you know, cutting corners, doing things on the sly, getting over on people for your own personal benefit. Yep. They're going to shove that shit down your throat all day long. Yep. They love sociopaths. Yep. Can I just point out that um, for a while now, I've just been taking mental note of um, suspects that I I am suspicious of, um, marrying them up with names. So that I think there's a lot in a name, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I look at things like Usher. What are you ushering in? Mr. Ice Cube. We all know what the cube stuff is, right? Well, I hope we're aware of it's it. In Mecca, can you right? explain? Can you explain? Well, that comes down to like satin worship. That's a whole other episode, I suppose. Really, Drizzle can see that. Um, so, and I feel this, like I feel like we touched on it with our center of the world episode. Um, yeah, the cube. The cube is yeah. very. We, I'd love to do an episode on that. I'm not a. I'm not an expert. You can but do just, hours on that subject up. by itself. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, just getting back. Oh, so Jamie, Jamie Fox. What does a fox do? Just creates, you know, let it go in the hen house. It creates death, destruction. Yeah. P. Diddy, you know, we talked about that one. Um, <laughs> there's another thing I've noticed is uh, about my, what I, some of the controlled opposition that I suspect, which are probably about 90% of the truthers, bar us. Um, first, two first names, often two first names. So it'd be like um, Scott David or David Scott or something like that. I'm just trying to pick someone that I don't know. Um, you know what I mean? So um, so two first names, as in their name, or, or three names, often three names. I just that, They're just little things that are subtle things that make me prick up my ears and take a little bit more notice because there is a lot in a name. If you start looking into names and origins of names and what they can mean in, even to, to your life destiny, some people say, they are extremely important and they're sort of part of the code, I think, in my opinion. <laughs> um, that makes sense considering everything is you can boil down to Jamatra, which is literally a spelling cipher, right? Every single letter corresponds to a number. The mm. numbers get added, right? And you can you can play around with things. And so when you say words have meanings and intentions, that's literally what spell work is. Yeah. And again, um, it's a Jewish, like, I'm so sorry. It's my, not my only personality trait. I know it seems like it, I assure you guys. But Well, this is because they it. had the knowledge of the Egyptians from their days in captivity, right? Correct. Right. Yep. 
Right. And gematria itself is being very polluted. Um, like there is, there is code. There is code throughout the Bible. So there's authentic code, and then there's, uh, you know, the code that is being. I'm not saying that numerology and gematria is is complete rubbish or anything. It's certainly right. very very interesting. But that in itself is also being infiltrated and um you have the charlatans you blurred. have the charlatans yeah. that that completely digress the uh the point yeah, and exactly. make a mockery of it right same same thing with astrology i mean when you think of astrology you're like oh my god uh all these nft astrology queens and it's just like oh my god i can't date new york cancer and i'm leo it's never gonna <laughs> work right that's not how it worked it was associated with like agrarian cycles it was very marked yes. very much part of the ritualistic values that people used to have and you know we have to have that beaten out of us things that matter are shamed Things that are good mm -hmm. are taken off the spotlight, yeah. and the bad comes to the surface because and of, that, yeah, that is what that is what that is what the purpose a lot of the new age is is to blur, uh, you know, take what is sort of good, make it sound similar. Yes. But then there's these other little, you know, curveballs that come off that can be very distracting and take people right away from where their eyes really should be. That's that's the whole point, right? Like people lost the ability to nuance. And I know that Andy and I have this conversation. So we're close enough in age and I'd love your guys' opinions. And, we, you know, I said, Andy, when you were growing up, right, you know, elementary school, junior high school, high school, even college, even college, was everyone like, did you feel the NPC-ness from everyone? Now, don't get me wrong. I was always on the outskirts. I always was skeptical. I was always red-pilled, right? Never quite fit in. But the amount of NPC-dom, right? Like like the, the, the reiteration of talking points, it was not so bad when we were growing up. It's abysmal nowadays. And this is the reason, right? It's all programming. I noticed it growing up, but I've also come to realize that I'm probably an outlier. So take that for what it's worth. Give me an well, my group of friends that saw the truth of things seemed very large then. And now it's dwindled to like nobody. No, my, that, my group in, in high school was very, very small. Um, and uh, most people were completely oblivious to the way the world actually worked then too. And, Correct. Uh, I did not, again, in, in school, I did not affiliate with any groups either. I was like, I, I didn't belong to the jocks. I didn't belong to the geeks. I didn't oh, belong yeah, to yeah. any group. Sure. Yeah. But people were less NPC-ish. You could have more no, conversations. No, I hated them for it. I hated them for it. I actually I hated them for like it more then than I do you, now. You saw, like, the the group psycho, the group mind. Yes. Yes, you I saw the herd. I saw the herd mentality. Yeah, yeah. You've always yeah. seen the herd, but the herd That's... nowadays is easier manipulated. I I can't have conversations with people nowadays. Like I, I'll sit down, they'll say three things, I'm like, I'm out and I'll leave. No, right? I think and... you I think you just see it more now than no, you did no, back no, no. then. Absolutely not. Because I, I don't see a difference between I, then and now. I I was like... thinking about that. I was talking to my dad and he was repeating CNN talking points. Well, he was doing the same thing thirty years ago. So like it's not even yeah. about repeating CNN talking points and also like, let's keep it to our peers, right? Because our family and our, you know, um, elders, maybe it's at that point it got to them, maybe because they've survived other things, but in high school, right? And in junior high school, 
I felt that people were more conscientious of where they were, right? Like, I remember, so I, I'm a New Yorker, right? It's always been very, very crowded anywhere you went, whether it was the supermarket, whether it was the park, right? I could walk from point A to point B without someone bumping into me, right? And I'm very conscientious of where I go. If I need to stop, right, I'll go to the side. And over the years, as we've gotten older, people just are like moving like robots, like AI. They will stop in the middle of a street without being conscientious and aware of where they are. It's not yeah. even, oh, they're repeating talking points. No, I'm talking about something, a greater programming. Sure, people were always NPCs. This is Pareto, this is 80-20. But this is something a lot more sinister. Especially I don't know. I've, I've had people run me over with their shopping carts in, in uh, supermarkets for 30 years. So Where'd you go? I, think, yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Right outside of Washington, D.C. So. I agree, with Rosa. Everyone seems much, much worse. Sorry, so the ahead. amount of people zombieing around through the place because they're not looking. Absolutely. It, I was just going to say it's like this this um, oblivion that has clouded yep. people. A people are sorry, people are fucking oblivious at the moment to who's around them. It's like you've just stopped in the middle of the freaking supermarket aisle to have a chat to the your your other fat friend. I can't get around you. Can you just pull over a little bit? Because there are other people in this planet. Thank you. Yes. Indu industrial society in its future. I mean, this guy on. took the and whole meat section up, and he was looking for like ten minutes at e and picking up and looking at each piece. And he had his cart in front of it, and like oblivious. I tend yeah. I tend to agree with Rose, where I think it's gotten worse, and I think the cell phone and and. Social media is part of it. I think um, I think Uncle Ted was kind of on the right track in his Always. in his writing. Yeah, um, totally. We've we've become in some ways we've become dehumanized, right? We so this is something I'm very wary of. Of like, I do not want us to dehumanize anybody, including these false idol celebrities, right? Because I see that they might be a, you know a certain percentage bogus but they're still people and some of them are at least trying they're at least trying. They might still be misled. They, they might still push like a false narrative, you know? So last night at the race, I mentioned it earlier, gave me hope to see little kids running around the track, you know, full bore fucking one of them flipped over. It was awesome. <laughs> but I was there, I was there with a, with a group of friends. One of them is a black man. And there were plenty of opportunities and we and we took them to make jokes about like, yeah, you know, hopefully you're not the only black man at the at the race tonight, because typically speaking, <laughs> it's a white cultural kind of sport. But sure as shit, you know, maybe five percent of folks or three percent of folks there are black. He's not the only one. He is certainly outnumbered, though. And I don't even know how it got started, but we get into the conversation about reparations and he is all about reparations and he's a buddy of mine you know he's just a he's just a normal dude you know he's not as based as i would like but he's a good guy you know he's a decent guy and and i'm kind of like making some arguments i'm like really like so like first of all can you prove that your ancestors were slaves if not like what claim do you have uh also, like, who are you going to take the money from? Like, I'm just making these practical arguments. Mm -hmm. And and 
it's like I don't want to denigrate him or or dehumanize him by calling him an NPC because he's an intelligent guy. He's just misled on certain ideas, right? And I almost want to give that courtesy to some of these celebrities. You know, I almost think like my point in bringing up like the Jamie Foxx ice cube thing is like I almost see Jamie Foxx as a full-blown, you know, uh, agent of the deep state or the new world order versus ice cube. I want to almost throw him, you know, the bone of like the benefit of the doubt. Like, I think he's trying to get to the heart of it. He still believes in reparations. He's still a statist, even though he wrote the song, fuck the police. He can't get over that hurdle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, you know, I don't want to be dehumanizing ever, but there is a certain point that, people cross a threshold into the point of no return. And I think they kind of are an NPC. I just don't want to necessarily admit it, you know? Yeah. But like as warriors, we, we have to recognize the enemy. And I mean, the most courteous thing you can do to um, uh, recognize their humanity is to pray for them. That's all, you know, that's the most powerful thing you can possibly do. And, you know, make the odd comment like you just did to remind us that they are human, but Right. They are also, in a sense, they are the enemy. If they have made a decision to put, you know, fame and fortune, what have you, whatever it is, make some sort of contract, blah, 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 whatever that it may be, they are there doing that job and that is anti what we as Christians believe or we as even just, you know, not Christians but just people who are awake and aware of where we should be heading. Uh, they are the opposite of that. So in a sense, I hate to say if you're not with us, you're against us, but in a way it sort of is like that. I think the uh, I think the Agent Smith um, analogy or you know metaphor is very very interesting in that like if you if your mind is not free you will be weaponized against those whose minds are free right yeah it's like it's like by no fault of their own they can be turned into Agent Smith only because they have not been enlightened so to speak. It, yep. You know, but, but I, 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 you know, it's not like the matrix has it all figured out. Like, it's not that simple. So again, I think some people are genuinely in the matrix, uh, like agent Smith gonna, gonna come out one day if necessary, but there's a whole lot of people that are just edging. They got like one foot on either side of the line, you know? So I think, so you, this you, is think like there's, you have faith in him. That's what you're saying. So that's why you're not dehumanizing him. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, I'm, I've grown very wary of having faith in any man, right? Yeah. Yep. In any man. But I still want to, I still want to reserve judgment. And like, and if, if Ice Cube hasn't sold his soul to the devil, you know, that's the thing. I'm like, I'm like, I, in my gut, I feel like Jamie Foxx sold his soul to the devil and Ice Cube hasn't even though he's not quite onto it fully. So, but how do you know? Let's, all right, so so exactly. Let's create... I don't know. I don't know. No, no, I no, don't. you do. Yeah. Stop it, Mike, you do. 
because if you're saying this, every time we assert a claim, we have done, we've frameworked something in order to create a certain distinction, right? You're like, I don't want to call people NPCs because of X, Y, Z reason. We'll get into that. We were you making have- the joke at, we were making the joke at Childerberg that like the one group that wasn't with us were NPCs. And yes. I, I'm, I was making the joke, yes, you know, and, and like, and they, maybe, maybe they were, maybe they were. No, they, like, they, I, I know them. They are. <laughs> You met him. Yeah, I never talked to him. I never. So I, you know, it was easy to assume, you know, and it's like, that's a dangerous game to play the us and them game, you know, but you have to because like Stella said, it's for survival. So let's go back to Jamie Foxx and Ice Cube. Why do you think Jamie has created the Faustian pact? And why do you think Ice Cube is still holding out? Explain what's the fasty impact. Like pretty much sold his soul to the devil. Deal with the, devil. Soul to the, deal with the devil. Okay. Um, I, I can't put my finger on it exactly. It's more just like a look in their eyes. And I'll, I guess I'll answer your question with this. He's always been a wise and ba- pretty based dude. I think he's always been like a solid dude. I've been a fan of ice cube since the nineties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So here's, no, he's here's, whatever. here's Jamie Foxx. I mean, you just tell me. And also like, it's weird. Like he does not look good. Like I think Ando said also we lost Ando. Apparently his phone, you know, fritzed <laughs> out or something. But yeah, Ando was saying Ando in the chat was saying that like, yeah, he looks three shades too light. Also, mm-hmm. you'll notice his goatee is fucked up and his hairline's different. And like he just doesn't look good or even necessarily like the same guy. Is that I'm an AI s- picture? Maybe it, I, mean, well, I don't know. We we can't tell now what's real and what's not. It's That's not a true. it's not a photo. It's a video. You'll see the video. You know, they very did this well. thing to Joe Rogan where they made him all gray. Maybe that's what yeah. this yeah. is like a filter. I, that, I, I, you I, can you can morph yeah. photographs, um, you know, as well. Hundred percent. So, the mystery for a living. <laughs> I I'm convinced the mystery around Jamie Fox is a psyop. I just don't know what type of psyop. But here, just watch this. Now, today, Jamie Foxx, just yesterday, has finally come out of this hiatus, and he has finally said something. Coincidentally, on the same day as the release of the movie, they cloned Tyrone. As you can see, uh, there is a clear difference in what Jamie Foxx looked like, right? Uh, dog got a cone head now. They didn't peel, <laughs> they didn't peel his ears back. They gave him the Joe Biden treatment for real. So even the eyebrows is different. The eyes is bigger. Um. So without further ado, we gonna tap in, and and we gonna hear what Tyrone got to say. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that's prayed, man, and sent me messages. I cannot even begin to tell you um, how far it took me and how how it brought me back. Um, uh, I went through something that I. I thought I would never ever go through uh and what might that something be cancer inquiring minds would like to know 
like I know a lot of people were waiting, you know, or wanting to hear updates. But to be honest with you, I just didn't want you to see me like that, man. You know, I want you to see me laughing, having a good time, partying, cracking a joke, doing a movie, television show. I didn't want you to see me with uh, with tubes. Um, I don't believe this either. Running out of me and tubes running out of you. So what? Everything about this video of Jamie Foxx is just sus. Like, he's very vague. He looks weird. His his goatee is fucked up. I I tried to zoom in, but like, it's almost like he either got radiation on one side of his face for some reason, or this, I don't know, like, I, I almost am more inclined to think that like, this is an AI generated video. Then that's that, exactly what I was then, just about to th- say. Then yeah. that he was cloned or some shit, and this is some like reproduction. <laughs> exactly. I, you know. Or yeah, it's a, a CGI of somebody days? else delivering the uh, the material. Does He's anyone basically... remember the sixth day? Is all I'm going to say. We are literally living in the sixth day. Yeah. Look, cancer doesn't make your skull narrower. Okay. <laughs> Well, it could be a weird like effect from the camera or yeah. something. Right. It's also right. it depends on when right. that picture was taken, you know, because he's done all different kinds of roles. So it could have been uh, when a, a time when he was he had much more body mass because of the role that he was playing called for that type of physique va- versus, you know, here clearly somebody who. Uh, doesn't look like he's carrying around a whole lot of weight at the moment. Can I mean, we just have a look at Hollywood? There could be makeup and stuff involved, right, with his presentation. But he looks like he got reverse Dave Chappelle. Like he look, yeah, he's look, gaunt, and he looks he like he looks been emaciated, in a bed, yeah. getting no sun. Well, he's also got a lot of light on him in this yep. video. You have to keep mm-hmm. that in mind as well. Yeah. I was just about to say I've done a little bit of well a reasonable amount of portrait photography and lighting is the key, you know, that can change everyone. You know, all those things of here's, here's Cheryl before, and now here's Cheryl after you'll always have a look at the lighting. It's probably been taken half an hour later, but anyway, um, it, look at the shape. I can't, you can't see my cursor. Look at the shape of his head just there on the top left. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not natural. That to me looks generated just from my point of view as a video. AI, AI cannot get shit quite right yet. So that's mm. again, I'm that like, could this be the look, thing. This, but, but it's his official Instagram. I mean, like, so the, the, the mystery, the mystery of what happened to Jamie Foxx is still very much alive. Like, let me play the rest of this. It's just so weird. It's just so weird. What's going on with you? Why now that you're okay, why can you not tell the people still? what you went in the hospital for in the first place why you still can't tell all your fans that your family asked for the prayers why can't you still inform those people on what they was praying on that's like me asking you can i borrow 50 dollars and then i don't tell you what i need the 50 dollars for oh well, nigga, you can't yeah. get my money then this guy he'll play you can't video. tell me what you got going on and trying to figure out uh, if if I was gonna make it through. And to be honest with you, my uh, my sister Deidre Dixon, my daughter Corinne Marie saved my life. So 
And he never actually explains why or how his sister, Deidre, that passed away, might I add, um, at the age of 36. Uh, to them, to God, hmm. to a lot of great medical people. Hmm. Uh, I mean, a lot of great medical people. <laughs> hmm. So if he was seeing Deidre, he was about dead. He was about Tyrone. dead when he was seeing Deidre. For sure. Uh, Okay, so I, I did a little digging. He's got a couple of sisters. So this guy's assuming he's talking about his dead sister, but he has a living sister. Supposedly, the weird thing is he's got like multiple kids and and he refers to his daughter at some point. Um, she's the only one with his stage name of Fox, whereas the rest of them, it's like his legal name. I don't know. You know this is all like I didn't do a lot of deep, deep digging, but yeah, but is his other sister's name Deidre? Because he just said my sister. And when uh, I talk about my sister, yeah. I just refer to her by one name or the nickname I give her. Did he it's say not... Deidre? Yeah, he did. And he, he used a first and last name, which is really weird. It's not how you address your family. You know anybody that's been on death's door and survived, like they'll tell you they saw their dead relatives around them. And shit. Sure, but he said my my daughter and my sister. He didn't say that I saw them, you know, while I was dead. We can. No, he just said that, that she yeah, saved his saved, life. Right. You don't. Which say... could mean anything. Yeah, it could mean mean absolutely like bone, anything. Bone marrow transplant yeah. or something like that. M but matter of fact, it's it's better because you're going to ascribe the value to that statement that he just made. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm when just someone looking... saves your life, they do something. When you see a vision of your dead, insert family member name, whatever, you don't say they saved my life. You say, I saw them and they pushed me back into life. That's the thing. This doesn't sound like a man who's come into the memories of his living body. If we believe that organ harvesting is a thing, if we believe every conspiracy theory that we've ever thought, even five years ago, which was absolutely asinine and insane, you know, exists. And then we say, all right, well, the way we start functioning in this world is either through patterns, and a lot of patterns we see are through the movies and bits and pieces that they give us. And like I said, The Sixth Day. And it was a cute little campy film, right? A futuristic film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. But the clones acted like they were respond and they needed some time to kind of like get that spiritual download back into their memory. This is, I, I know it sounds crazy. Five years ago, I would have been like, Rose, you are nuts. But in today's day and age, who just disappears from the limelight and says, oh, no, I'm back. Don't worry. I just needed a mental health, you know, day. No, they're doing something. They're experimenting. It's mind control. And Look, what, I... better, what better specimen than the people who you pay to have a good life? You own them. I, I'm, I'm inclined to maybe agree with you like i it's i, I want to remain i want to remain skeptical on this because again i think the more maybe probable explanation as opposed to cloning is that this is ai but the weirdest thing i mean just look at this this uh frame that we're that we're freezed on here his you know the right side you know from our perspective on the left but his right side he's missing an eyebrow and he's missing half his goatee I mean, like, I localized I, chemotherapy or radiation. 
or radiation. Radiation. And the top um, part of his he, head looks like it's caved in. He also supposedly um Bone maybe box. maybe had a stroke. And I think his face looks a little droopy. It's almost like maybe this video was real but doctored. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. trying to like like I don't know, make the best of a bad situation here. But let me play the rest. It's weird. He talks about going to hell and back. Mm. And he even addresses the the you know, conspiracy theory that he might be a clone. It's so weird. I'm like, I'm not willing to write it off because as we were, as we were saying, it's like shit is sometimes right on the nose. Like puff daddy is a diddler. Go fucking figure. Right. He just, he told us P Diddy. Like, yeah, he's a diddler. You know, maybe this guy joking about being a clone is like, a bad attempt at covering the truth. I don't fucking know, but this... I'll play the rest. This shit's just too weird. Video. I cannot tell you how great it feels to have your family kick in in such a way. And, and y'all know they kept it airtight. They didn't let nothing out. Hmm. They protected me. <laughs> what I hope that yeah, that's interesting. have in yeah. moments like these. Interesting. Uh, Look at the lump on his head, man. They didn't turn dog to one of the cone heads for real, man. <laughs> this shit really crazy, man. Hey, about long as hell. Now, you know, by being quiet, sometimes things, you know, get out of hand. People saying what I got. Some people said I was I was blind. But as you can see, uh, as you can see, the eyes are working. Eyes are working just fine. Uh, said I was paralyzed. I'm not paralyzed. Uh, but I did go through. I went to hell and back. Mm. He's Helen. Man, y'all gotta catch the cold talking that's going on, man. Yeah, yeah, he went to hell and back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jamie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie went to hell and Tyrone came back. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's what happened. Tyrone got cloned. I'm like, is this not just like predictive programming? Except it's not except it's pretty damn good marketing. Yeah, well, no fucking shit. Yeah. A lot of people are gonna watch that movie. Yeah, um, look, that could exactly be what it is. AI right. included. Do you guys remember, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever watched or rewatched a movie recently, like from the 90s, and you're like, well, this could have never happened. And then you had some like bits and pieces in movies, and you're like, holy shit, like this was predictive, right? Like, they always say this about The Simpsons. I never watched this. I don't watch much TV, but right there, it's not that The Simpsons are predictive. Everything is predictive programming. What was that movie with Sandra Bullock, The Net? Right? She mm -hmm. ordered a fucking yep. pizza with her computer. That was like unheard of. In in the sixth day, right? Because I, I referenced that movie. They, God, they had this mirror. Like Arnie, I think it's Arnold. So he's like looking at himself and he's, he's like, okay, today I don't feel well. And there's like all this personalized information. And he goes, okay, these pills are personalized for me. We have that. It's literally a startup. You have remote controlled helicopters, right? AKA drones. You have facial recognition. You have lasers, right? You have a heads up display with like this AI, I don't know, like futuristic goggles that they use. The movie pretty much predicted this current day and age and everything we use. And you're going to tell me that everything but the clones. It's just like it's so on the nose. Like yeah, I, I know the pieces fit. 
I remember that movie well. That was actually yeah. a movie I really liked as a kid. And um and I, I actually think it's interesting that there's the whole like there's the whole uh charade that like everybody knows they can clone their pets and keep mm-hmm. their pets alive, but they mm-hmm. pretend like cloning humans is still illegal, even though it definitely happens. Now, I mean, how many years has it been since Dolly the Sheep? Uh, yeah, exactly. Just about to say Dolly. Mm. If there was about five hundred Dollies, by the way. If they're gonna clone humans, this is what they would do it for. To have doubles for key people. This Jamie Foxx, if it's a clone, has to maintain that this is safe and effective and yada, right? That's a big it's deal. Pretty, it's pretty That's weird that he that he fell off behind. the map for three, four months. He fell off the map for a long time. Yeah, Those Michael, people I, as well, like not to talk about stuff. I've uh, said that a number of times. I don't know whether it was on this podcast or, or my own, but um, about how it's very. I find it quite odd that uh, a lot of people, whether they be actors, but people of note. Actors, politicians, um, leaders, etc., etc., are disappearing and then coming back. And yeah. it always seems to be at least two weeks. Um, and it's always under the guise of, oh, they got COVID. I mean, COVID's well, Dave, been a cover for so many things, hasn't it? Speaking yeah. of Dave, Dave Chappelle, he famously disappeared to South Africa, mm-hmm. supposedly. Yeah, um, did he just? Right. Okay. Yeah, there for you go. like for a couple months or whatever. You know, darker and thicker, the opposite of what I just saw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, like, what is happening to these people? I don't know about the cloning thing. My way out there theory is that these people have done their little job. They've they've fulfilled their contract. They are now um, down in the bunkers, and yeah. they're uh, being they're being projected, possibly from underground, or let's say on the way out thing, there is a clone on the surface here. Yeah. Yeah. Ando's trying so hard to stay in the chat, but his his. Technology has failed him. Failed him. But let's... Whoop, that's the wrong one. Let's play out the rest of this. Um, there's a little more to it. And my road to recovery uh, had some potholes as well. Hmm. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm coming back. And uh, I'm able to work. So I want to thank uh, uh, the people that let me work. That, to me, was the weirdest statement he made. People, the people that let me work. Okay, I'm gonna go back. Here we go. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm coming back, and uh, I'm able to work. So I want to thank uh, uh, the people that let me work, um, and I just want to like say uh, I, that I that I, I love everybody, and I love all of the love that I got. And man, you know, ears. So okay, this guy's gonna the do his. People that let me work could be the fan work. base, and and this is the moment where he kind of acts like he's choking up, but I see no actual evidence of him choking <laughs> up. He makes a reference to like, oh, if I cry, it's because I, you know, whatever. Like I got <laughs> so close to dying that I get emotional. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I think you're just, I don't know. I think he's full of shit, man. I think so he, he sold was. His, I think wait. he sold his damn soul. I think he was actually. I think he was thanking the Screen Actors Guild. I think that's that's what he meant yeah. by the people that let him work. Right, right. <laughs> well, I, I find that um, that stutter that he said. I'm not a body language language expert, but I have done a little bit of psychology for for my retail job 
years ago um, and looked into it because I find it very interesting. And a lot of people do say that there is um, a tendency to stutter when what they're about to say is something they either don't believe or it's a lie or they just don't want to say it. Mm. So it's just that little tiny note. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll confirm from personal experience, you know. I think I think whenever I, you know, tell a lie, I, I, I fumble over it, you know. Cause it, I also cause think because it, it tastes bad in my mouth, you know, that's just yep, natural. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I also think that AI is so damn good now that they've actually really like you, you think about when Dragon Speak first came out. That was like the voice dictation software in the really early days. There's probably other ones. It was pretty crap. Now it's pretty good. Uh, there is code to add inflections and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's improved vastly. And I think also that that has also worked in um, a visual sense for people too, that they are so good. They have really captured humanness, humanness, um, human responses, human facial expressions, um, falters. Um, I, I, I see that they program in um, like mistakes, you know, that humans make. They're, they're really good at that now. Yeah. So it's so convincing. And you know, I heard that 90% by 2026, 90% of the internet is going to be fake. Yep, it's like see, the Running see, Man, just in like space. To that six days movie or whatever. I wanna, I wanna get Ando's opinion while we've got him. Oh, damn, damn, he just left. Damn it! Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you had him. him for a moment. I should have knocked on wood. That I just <laughs> cursed him by even saying it. But I I, I, I'm going to assume that he. Well, I can't, I can't decide. I could see him going with AI or clone, honestly. 50-50. I can't, I can't claim to know what he, he thinks, but I don't know. Come on, Ando. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe we just play a little more then yes. while we wait. Here we go. Ears, activate. Actor mode. Movie scene. Activate. I know they talk about people crying on videos. You know, you can do take two, but I'm not going to do a take two. This is, It is what it is. And if you see me out uh, from now on and every once in a while I just burst into tears is because um, it's been tough, man. I was sick, man. But now I've got my legs out, uh, under me, so you're going to see me out. Uh, but like I said, I just want you to remember me for uh, the jokes that I cracked. I want you to remember me. Right, right. If you're going to see remember. me out, why do you need to remember me? Yeah. I'm saying every, everything movie? about this video is super weird. That's all that I'm saying. Movie, True yeah. Romance. And oh God, I can't remember the actor's name, but he talks oh. to Christopher Walken. He's like, a man has 17 pantomimes. A woman has 20. Do you guys remember that scene? That's all I'm thinking about yeah. when I see this. Mm -hmm. And one of like the pantomimes that men have to indicate that they're lying or that they're not being authentic or real, whatever, is jitters. It's that hesitation, that reluctance, exactly the way Jamie Foxx is speaking. If you pull up a different interview of Jamie Foxx, you'll see he has a very different cadence. Like mm -hmm. he has, I guess, the timbre of his voice is quite different. It is not him speaking. His speech is too hesitant. It's too slow. He is a trained actor. He should be speaking better than all of us on this podcast combined. He's, well, he's it, he looks like he's speaking under duress. Yeah, I, very yeah. Actually, yeah. He's recovering from a surgery to the lymph nodes under his jaw. Mm -hmm. mm. 
or yeah. if they removed a stroke, uh, like a clot or something. Blood clot, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or he's on medication to play devil's it's, advocate. His face looks weird. I'm just saying. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hair losses. Yeah. Is that lighting? I doubt it. The, the goatee is too weird. I know the little play symbols right over top of it, but the goatee, I mean, if you're not noticing that, it's that's like, where they want the play symbol to be. <laughs> and like I said, the, the eyebrow and the goatee on the same side of his face, like he's lost hair. He's lost hair. And honestly, this shit on the top of his head could just be brushed on. Like, yep. But look at like a lot of had... people. A lot of people pointed out that his hairline is usually like flatter across. Mm -hmm. mm. So I, I'm just thinking that's a painted on hair. He might have lost all the hair off his dome and like most of his goatee. You know, if he had a stroke or he had Guillain Barre syndrome or something like that, just look at his mouth. Like we're talking about the weirdness on the on his right, so our left. But if he had. If there was a problem with that side, how come his mouth is up on that side? It should yep. be up on the other side. And, his and it should be well. flat mm -hmm. or dead on the yeah. that side. So Absolutely. I don't think that's you know, and I don't I don't have any answers, but I'm just gonna the YouTube I'm, I'm gonna throw on this weird moment. I'm gonna throw out, you know, I don't have the clips, but like there are clips with like Puff Daddy and Jamie Foxx and Usher. And there's like all kinds of rumors that these guys all like basically fuck each other in the butt. And 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 fucking, you know, Justin Bieber got like groomed in by by Puff Daddy and Usher and all the rest of them. And and fucking Justin Bieber had uh, like facial paralysis. I'm like, like what? I, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. I don't fucking know. It's just it seems like there's this weird like inner circle of people that are being either displayed on purpose or like publicly sort of sacrificed or like punished or I don't fucking know, man. Or Do you they're remember playing when... a role. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or it's just a major psyop just to keep yeah. us all guessing and keep us confused. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I mean, know. these are, these are the people that we, many of us have grown up watching uh, on our screens, even though, you know, when we were growing up, the screen wasn't something that we could actually carry around in our pocket, but now it is. Uh, and and they're going through their lives and experiencing things in COVID land, just like you and I are. You know, it's they're they're just regular uh, human beings, just like us. And, and they, you know, they're thoughtful enough to actually show the rest of us that they're just like us. Eventually they won't need celebrities or feds. They'll just need like celebrity fed bots, right? AI fed day? bots. That was in the sixth day. Absolutely. Like when the CIA mm. ran for public office. You know? So we got, we got Ando in the comments saying he thinks it's a clone. Yes. <laughs> I kind of thought that was the way he would go. Oh, here he is. Ando, are you Maybe. with us? Ando. <laughs> That's him. Is it a clone, bro? Our Is man on the street. Oh shit. Do you do you remember um a while ago there was that thing of, you know, showing all the celebrities, etc., with black eyes, even even the Pope, you know. I mean everybody. Mm. It was like the black eye club or whatever they yeah. called it. That was all part of the club. I'm just wondering if, you know, that sort of got a bit old and exposed and now we're doing this thing. 
instead because it's sort of almost like um now that you know that the i just I, I don't know much about celebrities i don't watch television i don't watch movies and stuff um you're, you're muted mike you're muted mike yeah the man i'm saying is one eyed i was gonna say like i don't even want to know about these celebrities but it's just like in our faces and it's it's the puppet show like this is the yeah. show that we're being told to watch yep and it's but like it, you yeah like it's you, confusing but- it was either you or somebody just said about um, how, you know, these are the people that we grew up with and what have you. And I just sort of look at, you know, th- those sort of that age of actors um, are appealing to like a certain generation. And then you look at how the different generations are being appealed to because you won't find this kind of thing in the younger generation take over. You'll find the things like, I mean, I don't know if you've seen that ridiculous trend where people make a lot of money out of just being acting like an NPC. Yeah. Ice cream. That's just insane. I know. Oh, help me. Beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down here. It sounds like Ando's in the house, finally. Ando, share your thoughts, bro. Is Jamie Foxx a clone or what? Yes. He's totally a clone. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Are we speaking to Andy? What the fuck? I mean, like, we look at that. (laughs) We look at that video and, and compare it to anything anything the dude's been around for a long time compared to anything he's ever done <laughs> he didn't know like oh no it's and uh, i mean if somebody battle cancer and take chemo that's that's the effect of it well, weird I, shit see, like bony skull sticking out and all yeah, that yeah, there's a lot of gaunt, gaunt face yeah i i i'm inclined to think chemo radiation still but i i respect ando's opinion <sighs> I also disrespect Ando's internet connection. <laughs> As well you should. So let me just, while, while Andy's coming back to yeah, us. Yeah, um, I don't know what's we're... going on. Like, yes, I, okay. I, I'm trying really hard over here. But, yeah, I, I think he's a fake. And uh, <laughs> I have lost you guys. Uh, we can hear you. Uh, bugger. <laughs> Plug your phone in. Then like, tell us he lost us. Like, so while, while we froze, we're we froze. Andy, oh, we stopped moving. To come back. Okay. We've seen people with cancer. We've seen people with, you know, all these awful afflictions you guys have mentioned, whether it's a stroke, whether it's a heart attack. Right. But they don't look this way. They don't look this way. And they don't sound this way. And when they talk about their procedures, and again, this is case study, and this is why I say, when you create certain, you know, you can't just say, okay, this is it, and I'm okay with, you know, this outcome. No, you have to create a framework of who's lying, how they're telling the truth, what they're doing, what's authentic, because that's the only way you get to learn the truth. So we were talking about Jamie Foxx. Let's talk about Britney Spears. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, they melt Right. Her Instagram was deleted. She had all these crazy videos. Oh, well, it was because she was on the uh, conservatorship and she should not have been on it. You know, she lost her mind. No, it's her clone malfunctioning. This is not the Britney we knew. Right. Like, (laughs) like I, I love taking certain dance classes. Right. I do not grow up as as a dancer. Right. Like I did some ballroom. So my movements are very are very different. But when I go to a certain dance class, I'm like, I know you did this type of dance, you did this type of dance, and I 
and you see it because it's kind of muscle memory and it does not go away. When Brittany does whatever she does, when Jamie Foxx, you know, interacts and moves, it's not the way the muscle memory is natural to him or to her. I'm, and I'm not even like a celebrity ingester. Like I don't have a TV. I don't own the TV. I have not like, I've not watched a movie in a very long time. This was kind of, you know, this was an inside joke I had with a friend because um, bimbo nationalism. But this is, there's no way anyone can look at this and say, this is an authentic person. It's as authentic as like, you know, the president telling you he wants to help you out and COVID and that they developed a shot because they wanted to keep the population healthy. No fucking Sorry. way. Not All the... Wrong. All the abuse and control and MK Ultra and drugs have just left her a fucking blown out shell. Well, that's what I assumed. Oh, we yeah. even brought her. We even brought her up like last week. I think. And, and the people themselves ago. have been so cruel. She. I assumed her brain. I assumed her brain was broken, but I almost like the theory mm. of malfunctioning clone more, just because it's a better story. Uh, well, Ando Ando claims that the current Brittany is a man. <laughs> I think if a clone thing is real, they have to like age rapidly, right? To be ready. So they would have like a short lifespan. And they, you know. Maybe they can program the age. Yeah, like progeria gene and whatever, and turn off the thing and turn on the thing. Probably. That's probably why. That's turn it up to why, 11. That's probably why Joe Biden degenerated so quick. They, they've been just throwing them out there like new one every two <laughs> weeks, you know? Get another Jimmy or Timmy or whatever. What was it, Mr. Wizard thing where he blew up the kid every time? Let's watch. Let's watch just a little more of this clone, shall we? Yes. Me. But you're right here. Why do I need to remember you? You're right here. It's giving eulogy. It's giving a funeral. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it's. There almost there almost could be a theory to be had here that he did in fact lose his soul and that he is referring to himself in like a eulogetic if that's a word kind of way because because yeah. he is now an empty shell of a of a human a husk. That, that trope where people die and then what comes back is not them but some yes. spirit that's been waiting for a chance to get in. Mm -hmm. He's yep, an NPC, a zombie, whatever you want to call it. It's demonic Given right now. Say what? It's demonic, right? And demonic, it very much demonic. correlates to the age of AI. Like I said, he said hell and back. I went Rated. to hell and back. Here we go. Why do I need to remember you for the jokes that you crack when you can still you can still crack jokes now? Yeah, this sound like somebody, man. Man, come on, man. Come on. How evident does this stuff have to be, man? And, and people just and people just not gonna get it, bro. That's what's really that's that's what really fathom. It really it it really baffles me, bro. It really baffles me. Uh, the movies that I make, some of them good, some of them ain't. I think I got a good one out. Uh, Plugging his movie right in the middle of this shit. Well, listen, weird. here's my hot take. This man knows he only has a short time to live for real. He is he is injured, and he's barely survived the first wave of what it's doing to him. He wants to put money away for his family. 
Same as Bruce Willis when he sold the rights to his image and likeness to every B movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce to, Willis, he did try to pump out as much money as he could in the last, you know, year or two this that man, he had. Yeah. He reminds me of somebody that just went through chemo and and doesn't feel like they're gonna it's gonna they're gonna win the way he's talking. That's that's just my hot take. But those rates went up sixty percent in he's got like more medical causation. He's he's got like two movies coming out, including the one that just dropped. Like, and and I think they finished the other one. They referred to in one of these clips where it's like he had a mental breakdown, and I think they like kind of finished it post production. Like, like he went into the hospital, and they're like finishing the movie without him. You know, it's like we don't need you no more. We've got fucking AI. Thank you very much. You know. Did you hear they're trying to do that with extras? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, like they they own on. your they own your likeness and shit. And I think this is part of what's going on with the writers strike. AIDS from a hand job or something, right? I saw a video I saw a video of Bob Odenkirk, uh, you know, from Better Call Saul and all that shit. Um, he was talking about the writer strike. He's like a member of, you know, SAG and all this shit. And uh, he he says uh, basically like Part of it is that they they don't want AI to take over the the human work, right? I don't know, man. Like all of this shit is connected. That's that's all I have to say. Well, I will say that one of the, if that is true, and that they did not want AI to uh, take over the entertainment industry, they might have picked maybe the worst possible way to try and fight it. Let's let's just create a void that needs to be filled, and and we're not going to yeah. do anything to fill it. We're going to go on strike and give you every opportunity to replace us. Because, Correct, because we're a pain in the ass. Correct. Yeah, and is there also a part of showing how humans are, are redundant? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's yeah. That has to be demonstrated to us by our new overlords. Yeah. Yep, it's always right. in our face. I'm gonna keep it playing here. Songs well, say, and then, you know, somebody was talking about I'm clone. Well, right, here we go. Finally, with the clone. All right. Let's see what he has to say about that. Check clown. this out. Oh, I wish. First of all, he could have done it. That he was a bad attempt. What are those, 50 grand? He could have done it. It was not very good timing, comedically, honestly. He's trying to make a joke for the listener that's not watching this video. Uh, Jamie Foxx says, and, you know, this guy kind of interrupted <coughs> because, and to address, you know, the, the rumors that I'm a clone and he reaches and he acts like he's going to pull off a mask. Like and Mission Impossible. Like, like Mission I'm Impossible. Yeah. Exactly. And then he goes, I'm just playing, but it's like, not funny, dude. It's not funny. Like he did <laughs> not deliver it very well. You know, let's, I'll go back just a hair. Oh, well, right. I think I got a good one out. Uh, the songs that I sing, man. And then, you know, somebody was talking about I'm clone. Well, right, here we go. Finally, with the clone. All right. Let's see what he has to say about that. Check this out. First of all, that was a bad attempt of a joke because a clone, we didn't say, we didn't say that you was wearing a mask that you can just <laughs> pull off. We didn't say you was wearing a mask. We said that you was a clone, not a mask. 
A clone can't just peel they. F- no. We said a clone. Just kidding. Uh, Hi. I'm a clone, man, but I'm here on earth because of some great people. I'm here on earth because of God, man. Some great so people. I love all y'all. Uh, I just want to jump on here and let you know that uh, I'm on my way back in love. <laughs> and that's his statement. And it's very. You know, it's funny, like I could have just pulled up the um, Instagram, you know, direct the video off of his Instagram. I looked it up. It's on there. I mean, it's it's legit. Like <laughs> this was posted to his personal you know, Instagram. And uh, but I kind of liked getting the, the black man's like commentary a little bit just because it's like, yeah, I don't know. He's like this is bullshit, bro. <laughs> that ain't fucking Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and there's no racism there, so that was safe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the thing. We started with George Carlin talking shit on white people, and I don't know if, like, the connection is clear, but I just see this weird thing going on with, like, black masculinity being, like, subverted in a in a subtler kind of way, I guess. I don't know. Like, even thinking about Jamie Foxx, like, I don't know. Like, he, he's been he's been intentionally like withheld from the public view and he's coming out now and he's just like saying like, Oh, it's all cool. I'm not going to tell you what's really going on, but like, it's all good. Like the doctors helped me, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know, man. I just, I I don't buy it, man. I don't buy it. Like, tell us what the fuck is going on. Again, it really sounds to me uh, along with my, my I theory that he's you know battling severe illness right now while he's filming that is he's only burning on like you know six percent of his life force or something mm-hmm. and he's barely able to do this performance and they paid him very well in his family and by they I mean the company's responsible to not talk about it so yeah. that's as much yeah. as he can say but, but I just can't... that's my, that's my He's he's too big to just disappear, you know. Like that's why they didn't just. I guess that's absolutely true. Like I said earlier, if cloning was going to be used, it would be in a situation like this. Mm -hmm. I just can't get over the difference of the of his skull. I mean, you can't change the his face is narrower. You can't change your bones. People waste away under radiation therapy, then you really do start to see crazy. Not like this. He's lost well, about three minutes. inches off the width of his face. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably an yeah, exaggeration, but I don't think it's just the video either. Yeah, know. no, we have to. We have to. I think that's a good thing. It just looks well, a bit guys, radical. I got to go pack. I'm going to Greece in a few days um, Ooh, nice. to see family. Um, I'm not Greek, though. I'm Russian. <laughs> it's, the mm. big, it, it's the meat in the middle point, but it was wonderful to get to know all y'all. I'll see you again. And Have a lovely time. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to try to fight all the clones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you grabbed the hat. It's adorable. Thank yeah. you. Amazing. I, I, I'll i be on um, another one of these with a different hat. I am a hat appreciation account. <laughs> a woman of many right. hats. <laughs> yes. Thank you, guys. Have a great Sunday. Thank you, Rose. Take Good to care. see you again. You too. Yeah. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Travel safe. Well, for the for the comparison of faces, here you go. I mean, 
it's it, it's just the beginning of this video we just watched but like it is a striking striking difference i don't know he looks either fully emaciated or like a different motherfucker i mean <laughs> it, i mean the the like i said it could be a weird like effect just from the camera i don't know but yeah, the, they can if... squeeze. They can squeeze, like uh, width-wise, they can squeeze uh, mm -hmm, video. Mm -hmm. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility. But I mean, I mean, the eyes look sunken in. the The Very goatee black. is the goatee is mega fucked up. Um, his ears are tucked. Like his face looks. You know, I mean, wait a minute. Do you yeah. see much of much of that goatee in the before picture? Like the connecting. It's the weird thing to me. There. The weird thing to yeah, me is his eyebrow is there. It's like in the wrong. It's like in the wrong place. Like it almost looks like he has he has like a facial scar here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, or like yeah. the skin got pulled over or something. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just fucking weird. It's man. just something not right. Yeah. Turbo C word <laughs> could lead into these kinds of things. Yeah. But you know, I don't have much much else to add to this. Like, you know, I guess are more fun. Yeah, and yeah, clones have more fun. They've been cloning super so. soldiers and stuff, right? Human Z's and all that for ages, right? Oh, we're not supposed to know about that. Shh. So I do have something. <laughs> okay, so like Kanye, like yay, like he's still kind of a question mark. Ando fucking loves Kanye, you know. Like they they for sure went after Kanye, right? Like, I mean, I don't think he's a part of the Matrix. Like they they debanked him. They fucking went after him, right? And apparently, like Cube and Kanye used to have beef, but they've mm. like made nice recently. Mm. Which again, I'm just like I'm like I almost want to throw these guys the benefit of the doubt because they're fallible, but like. In Did Diego into crypto? Well, I was gonna say just what what appears to me they're fallible in like an honest way. When they but banked Ye, did he go into crypto? He he's got money somewhere. I guarantee it. It's it's in the Cayman Islands or something. You know, just saying if he was in on it and ahead of it, you know, and he wanted to go into crypto anyway, they make it part of the show. I got yeah. debanked. I had to go get Bitcoin. It was a risk I took because of the they were oppressing me. That's the smartest thing he could have done. Well, you know, Islands. <laughs> cryptocurrency's horrible if it's called Bitcoin, but it's great if it's a CBDC. So don't forget mm -hmm. that. Um, but yeah, let's see. You know, again, there's like this weird web of all these like black celebrities. Um, and Cube, Cube and Kanye have a connection. You know, I'm just saying there's something there's something going on with all this shit. Because it makes not only the person that's getting canceled. Uh, they're trying to shut them up, but anybody's watching now. They shut up because they say, if it can happen to this guy, it can happen to me. Ice Cube is exposing a secret industry club of gatekeepers who allegedly tried to sabotage his career and eliminate Kanye West. In a new interview, Cube opened up about his recent reconciliation with Kanye and shared more details about how the Hollywood elites and gatekeepers tried to demonize him and tried to take him out. However, the responses to Ice Cube's anti-gatekeepers tour have been mixed, with many fans saying he should continue exposing the evil side of the industry and others trying to silence him and accusing him of being a conspiracy theorist. So what did Cube say about reconciling with Kanye? Did the Hollywood gatekeepers really try to eliminate Ye? Let's get into it. Um, 
I believe he's doing great. You know, he's still, you know, dealing with um, with some people trying to hold on to his money. Um, but for the most part, I believe he's um, in a good space. If you haven't caught up yet, Ice Cube has been actively revealing the secrets of Hollywood gatekeepers. And he recently went viral after seemingly implying that the industry at least tried to get rid of Kanye West. To give you some background, Cube and Ye have been friends for many years. However, their friendship hit a bump in the road last year when Kanye made some controversial comments about Cube during his appearance on the Drink Champs podcast. The controversy started back in October when Kanye was accused of anti-Semitism after sharing a series of since-deleted tweets. Kanye they later clarified that he was referring to specific shady Hollywood executives who tried to sabotage him. But even so, he was immediately blacklisted, lost multiple lucrative contracts, and got banned from all social media platforms. But Kanye refused to back down, and he started his own podcast tour, exposing all the sinister ways in which the industry handlers tried to discredit him. During one of these podcast appearances, Kanye recalled how back in 2016, he was placed on an involuntary psychiatric hold after being wrongly diagnosed, and he seemingly implied that his handlers tried to poison him with lithium. Yeah, what I'm saying is, look, they tried to medicate me. They, I was exhausted. They wrongly diagnosed me. And they, 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 when I asked them, how much lithium did you want to put me on exactly? It took them four days to answer because they were embarrassed about the amount, right? And I refused to take this, right? You understand that if I had taken the medication, I would not be here and it would have been, woe is, he was deeply troubled. We miss him. We love his music, though. Well, they would have Britney Spears, too. I mean, look at they what they would have Michael Jackson. Or, or worse, yeah. But so, look at <laughs> what, what they did. Look okay. Any comments? Yeah. <laughs> did you notice how Kanye had a little smirk uh, on, on the corner of his face when he made that Michael Jackson comment? Hmm. Like, kind of like, look what I'm getting away with. Mm -hmm. letting, um, out, letting out the little secrets. Mm -hmm. Or what do, you, what do you mean? Yeah. Quiet part. That was yeah. a quiet part. Saying it out mm -hmm. loud. Yeah. Yeah. Good catch. Nobody, nobody talks about MJ. No. Mm -hmm. We talked about MJ uh, and we about did. how he had so much Sony um, music catalog that he was like, or, you know, he had so much of the catalog that is worth so much. Yeah to, yeah, to bump him off would be profitable for whoever and got it. So again, Ice Cube claims that the same people who own the record labels, i.e., the people that might have sort of kind of killed Michael Jackson, own own the fucking private prisons. You mm -hmm. know, I got hard when he was saying that because I've been mm -hmm. believing that since I I feel like I watched it happen in real time. And I tell people it was 9-11 that I saw happen in real time. Like when I heard it on the radio, I was like, this is bullshit. But it was actually the rap gangster rap, you know. I was like, they're mm -hmm. they're destroying. So I, this is how the white man is destroying these black people. This is the the attack. It's this gangster rap because yeah. I I almost again like if I'm if I'm giving Ice Cube just a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, I almost feel like he's starting to realize that he he has been a part of the psyop, you know. Like you know what's yeah. funny? I I saw when I was doing some research about this. Apparently, Chris Tucker, maybe Chris Tucker's worth of based or bogus because apparently he turned down the role for like fr Friday, too. I don't know if you've all seen Friday, but that was apparently Ice Cube. He was on the Epstein Airlines. Was he? Was he? Oh, many times. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, yeah. then again, yeah. maybe my money's on Ice Cube, but apparently yeah, Chris Tucker's. Well, really fuck. Is that right? 
Yeah. Well, he he claims that he turned down the role because he didn't want to encourage like potheads in the black community, and that's like what the character was that he was playing. Um, yeah. But maybe you I, know, it could it's all be optics legit. with these people. It's all optics, yeah. though, right? It's, yeah. They're all. Can I um, just have a couple of comments of what we just yeah, saw? Please, please. Um, as an Aussie who's not plugged into all these, you know, things, um, I did notice. What what does the big three mean? Is that a is that a brand or something? Big three. It's his so business. It's his. Um, he's got a basketball league, and yeah. he's been claiming that the NBA's been like doing some like borderline like corporate espionage type shit to to shut down. He's basically running what they would call like a street ball style league where it's three on three instead of five They're coming on five. in for their percentage like the mob or something basically yeah so he's he's been going ham like punching up at the nba punching up at he who he cl- claims are the gatekeepers but kind of like drizzle said earlier it's like all right so you're talking shit on the gatekeepers but you're going to you know bill maar and joe rogan and like who's to say they're not gatekeepers at they are point. the gatekeepers that's what i was right. trying to say right they are, they are. I, I, but it's like no. it's a double-edged sword with them I, i've been burning to say this it's like a okay you're under the water then you're not aware of of the truth of what's going on right but then it's like a a cliff and just deep deep water people like ice cube and people that are like 80 90 right are like the sloping you know what's it called the shelf right the sandy shelf the that's that extends out at the shore for these people that would otherwise drown and not make it it's like there's something in, they're pulling in this direction towards the truth at least when everything is a lie it's like i can't i can't hate it i love it i'm so happy yeah see i'm i'm all trying of, to take... all of the musicians i ever listened to are way worse than what i see ice cube doing I like I want to take sort of a nuanced position here and say like yeah okay like Ice Cube wants reparations I fucking disagree but that's not enough of a reason for me to think that he's a full blown you know op like I think he's he's trying I already said this but that's that's my impression versus Jamie Foxx who's basically saying whatever he's told to say in my opinion just getting back to what I was going to say there is um, the thing with Kanye is um, I do wonder why he was involved in the Balenciaga fashion show, because that was very recent. And that's like this, well, hang on, on one hand, you're doing this. And on the other hand, you're doing that. So that's, that's one thing. But the other thing I wanted to say was about the MK ultra. Um, Is it, is it possible that these people are getting to a point where somebody touched on that um, they are sort of waking up? Like maybe Ice Cube is, hang on, I'm part of this. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so they're waking up, and um, I don't know whether he's disappeared himself. But is there is there a point where the MK Ultra programming is like, okay, it's we need to reprogram. So they're going to disappear for a while. They'll come back reprogrammed because MK Ultra does have a run out. Like they usually say it's around about the age of thirty, but I can see mm-hmm. Ice Cube is older than that. But that would depend on when his programming started, I suppose, if that's the case. Well, it's an interesting point that you make there, Stella, because uh, based on my research, you're correct in that the expiration date on an MK Ultra subject seems to be around the 30-year mark. However, the handlers of the MK Ultra subjects, they can be as old as humans can get. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And and the uh, the 30 sort of year old mark of where it seems to run out is when it's happened, like programming has happened from very, very young. So if maybe if mm. programming didn't happen until a little later, maybe it runs out at, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, you're muted, Mike. Thank you. I, I always feel halfway self-conscious when I like, when I dominate the, the, the stage here, as far as like leading into topics and shit, I hope we're not disregarding anything, but this all felt to me to be relevant and important. And one of the questions in my mind all day today, I'm like, why, why in the last two weeks am I getting so much ice cube in my feed? Because you're supposed right. to see it. Yes. Yeah, well, there's that. Also, yes. can I, I have a little small things. theory on that? Well, I was only going to just say before I let before I let it go is I had the same feeling about Sound of Freedom. I'm like, why is it so in my <laughs> face? I was just about to say, I think that's connected because um, the Sound of Freedom has come out. And as you know, as Mike knows, I got a bit sucked into that one. Um, but, you know, can say, yep, I was wrong about that. Um, I discern it was a little off, but boy, Tim Ballard's a bloody good actor. And I think they're all getting acting experience too, by the way, how to, how to cry crocodile tears, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But um, I think maybe possibly because, um, you know, I mean, we as truth seekers, we're reasonably powerful. Okay. Because we may expose things to people who don't see things. So they obviously are going to target us. And um, yeah, I just, uh, well, truth seekers lost my train also, of thought. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'll, well, I'll jump in and and uh, kind of bounce off of it a little bit. But uh, truth seekers also still have a want to believe, uh, and that that thing that they want to believe in is the truth. And many people who chase the truth are susceptible to the psychological operation of something like a sound of freedom or thank you uh you know like a a contract for black america or something uh along those lines so it's again it's still preying upon those natural human instincts that we all have which is why we need to be very careful in analyzing these characters that we see on our screens Yep, yes. for sure. But uh, that, thank you for sparking that. So the sound of freedom, I feel, is sort of there's a lot of people waking up to that in the sense that it has seems to have been exposed. Um, the roots of these people, if that is true, um, going into you know the Mormonism, the Freemasonry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So is this is it like oh that got exposed a little bit quicker than we thought? Chuck the cube in. I don't know. Is this another distraction? To it's, it's like well this. The sound of freedom is kind of running out already. We need to, you know, mm-hmm. plan B or plan J. What are we up to? P, Q. You, well, do you have a plan? Spars, I, I don't have spars, a plan. The spars, but plan, they do. That that was like the they war gamed out what to do after. Um, they war gamed out event two hundred one, right? That, mm-hmm. Or maybe it was before or around the same time. But they did the spars thing, and I forget what that stands for, but. Yeah, I don't. I looked think... through it, and it was like basically the people find out that the thing that was pushed was a failure and harmed people, and they lose faith in institutions. 
It undermines public faith in all the institutions, the way we undermine faith in Bud Light, the way we undermine faith in the father figure and the family and in everything that we've come to rely on. Like, I just I think it's part of tearing us down to having us tear ourselves down. They're not ad libbing any of this. They've got stuff up their sleeve, ready to ready to shoot. As soon as we reach this point, launch this bit. It's, yeah. it's this is not just by chance. This is by design, all of it, and this is why I they have to keep continually. Yeah, they, no, no, I think they probably them. always have because AI would have probably been around a lot longer than we know about, as we seem to know about the the technology is you know fifty years or whatever ahead before it reaches any kind of domestic level. I mean, even in the internet itself. Right. Right, you're right. Absolutely. 50 years ahead, yeah. Ish. You're a muted, man. We need a hot mic. Thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. Um, as usual, it's kind of like we have no firm answers on the WTF forum, which is why it's not called like the we're going to tell you what to think forum. It's the, <laughs> it's the what the fuck forum, you know? And like, I, I, I you know, I don't want to claim to have any gnosticism about any of this jamie fox kanye west any of these motherfuckers i don't prescribe or i don't you know i don't i don't think that i have the ability to know what's going on in someone else's head but when it comes to this issue of like discernment and like who to put faith in i mean i'm not saying don't put faith in anybody necessarily but like just be really fucking careful who you know i i said at the beginning of the show that i went earlier today to a no agenda meetup and i my gut my discernment maybe the holy spirit i don't know what to call it tells me that i can trust john and adam from no agenda more than the average you know because they just seem real you know and like jamie fox don't seem real clone ai don't fucking really matter my gut mm. says not to trust him, you know. And then you got guys in the middle, like I said, you know, like the Joe There's Rogans. Something he's not telling you, obviously. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, the guys in the middle, like the Joe Rogans and the Russell Brands and shit, that have such a cult, you know, following, a loyal following. I'm like, those are the guys to me that are the most dangerous because mm. they've yes, cult- they've cultivated trust and faith mm. by saying just enough based stuff. You know, I'll still mm. listen to them. But I listen with a grain of salt, man, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they are called Pied Pipers. That That is the term that I gave them a couple of years ago, and I, I have mm. heard actually somebody else say that too, which is kind of, kind of cool. But that's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, I mean, do we know Do we know the story where the, the Pied Piper, mm-hmm. I mean, basically all the children, funnily enough, Hamlin. all the children follow this guy, yeah, um, and they end up falling off a cliff. So um, there's only one really in the end that we can trust. Yeah, I feel I like we... what you said earlier struck something in me. Like when you said you can't follow another, you can't follow man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, because like there's a voice that you can only hear and still, you know, in the quiet. Mm-hmm. And you have I never to hear alone. Kanye's voice in my quiet time. And you're never going to hear yeah. that voice if you're following some dude. And yeah. you're and if you're walking through that scene in Monty Python where there's like just a fucking row of street profits like yeah, you know yeah <laughs> you're probably never gonna fucking hear it dude you that's actually 
that's sometimes you really, gotta get out of there. That's a really good image to bring up the the the, the row of street prophets. I mean, that's we've got we've got so many of those false prophets. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to discern which are trustworthy. I would say most aren't. It's We're living humble, in it's hard. It's hard to meet people that. I have so much respect for for telling the truth in a big way to so many people. And I feel like that's the greatest thing you can do, you know? And I'm just like, I lose myself in this orbit. I'm like a fucking uh, comet that's just turning into gas and light and fucking steam, like almost like I just, where, what am what's my purpose? Like, I don't even know. I'm just helping this guy with it's Like, I feel like that a little bit, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to necessarily like suck on John and Adam from no agenda. It's totally good to plug into like a community and and boost it up. So the reason, the reason I I think I fully decided to sort of trust no agenda was when Adam, I don't know if you guys saw this, Adam Curry goes on Joe Rogan's show and for maybe the first time ever publicly declares his faith in Jesus Christ which I'm not sure if anybody Hallelujah. has ever done on Joe Rogan's show. And he kind of dropped it like a lead, you know, like 50 fucking ton. And that's boy. man show Adam Curry, right? Well, um, he, he was from, um, he was from MTV. You're, I think you're mixing him up with someone else. He was an MTV. Yeah, you're mixing him up with someone VJ. else. He was an MTV VJ um, known for his immaculate mullet which I don't think he sports anymore. But anyways, he, him and John C. Dvorak. I mean, I'm just, again, I'm not trying to suck their dicks, but they, they put on one of the most informative shows with the most humble and sort of nuanced perspective. And I trust them. I trusted them before, but then when he goes on, on Rogan and basically like, like I said, drop this fucking bombshell of like, you know, shit's crazy right now i'm I'm paraphrasing but he's like it's hard to make sense of anything everything's fucking crazy which is why i put my faith in jesus christ and he dropped it hard and i'm like i'm not a practicing christian i i don't pray the way i should or could but that was just a moment of like all right this guy ain't fucking lying he is he's speaking it how he feels it and he don't give no fucks. And that's why I'm like, that's the one show that I really fucking trust, you know? Yeah. And if you've been very selective and, and cut off and weaned everything that's ever lied to you even once, then you can start to build that trust with what you've got left, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a perilous danger because that's the leader that can lead you astray. That's yeah. a really, really great statement. And um, it's, sometimes it's very painful to cut off these people or things that lie to you um but you know that's that's where you well that shows devotion and and faith and trust in god as well and i just want to say that we we are living in such a a polluted world of visual pollution everywhere you look there's a sign there's advertising you can't go anywhere um audio pollution spiritual pollution and um i just want to say you know psalm forty six ten is be still and know that i am god and you have to take some time out and be still because you, you won't hear that very quiet, polite, gentlemanly voice that doesn't try to force on you. Mm-hmm. But it's if a you want to hear, it is a whisper. I mean, Matthew 7, 7 is, 
Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Hmm. So it's faith. And that's a, you know, faith is tricky for me, but that's, it's just such a fucking positive message, no matter which way you slice it, you know, uh, it's just tricky hard to, for everyone. <laughs> it's hard. It's just hard to live by, you know, we want to know, we want to know, but we can't not, not usually. That's where faith comes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like we should wrap up. We've got Andy back in the house after some long and arduous <laughs> technical <laughs> difficulties. Um, Time to but, say goodbye. But let's, um, any final thoughts? Uh, you know, Ando, I'll give you the floor because you've had the hardest time. Uh, yeah. Ando, Burn Bevel, Unburn, and the Doom Kitchen, uh, libertylinks.io slash the Doom Kitchen. Yeah. Um, Email me about all this crap. It's uh, the Doom Kitchen at protonmail.com. I pass it to uh, RBL. And uh, I know he doesn't have anything to promote, but he should. Because <laughs> I know you have an Odyssey channel. I I stopped. I haven't in a long time. I, I kind of just quit. I've just been... I pulled back... I, I want to promote uh, The Last American Vagabond, and I want to promote Grand Theft World, and I want to promote Media Monarchy and CorbettReport.com. Chief among them, CorbettReport.com. Sorry, everybody else. I hate to do it to you. Free Thought Projects is pretty cool. You know, some, there's some other stuff. And these guys, like the drizzle here. I'd like to know more about Stella, too. Awesome. Your voice is a melody it's beautiful you should yeah, listen to her music. music thank you <laughs> you should listen to her music i would love to yeah well if you choose you don't have to i'll send <laughs> you a free a, world <laughs> a coupon voucher for a whole box of tim tam in exchange <gasps> for mp3 i think i just fell in love well you know rbl it's okay to it's okay to pull back and be still as as that yeah. um little bit of yeah. scripture tells us uh stillness is a virtue so, yeah. have you all, all right. ever? Hey, hey, non uh, people that have been to the southern hemisphere, have you all ever enjoyed Tim Tam? I had somebody mail me some from Australia, but what I actually saw from? it locally too. It had been imported to like a shop and save or what'd you say? Save. What'd you call it? I, d I didn't catch that. Tim Tam, it's like a cookie wafer <laughs> with chocolate, little cookies. <laughs> oh, that sounds it's good. Little bit of heaven on earth. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. Stella Q, plug your plugs. That sounds dirty when I say that. Silky and crunchy. <laughs> if you can picture like a silky crunch in your mouth just melting. Hmm. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. People who come to Australia leave, and the thing they miss most is the Tim Tams. <laughs> so that's pretty cheap. Um, yeah. Look, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed this. It's been an awesome, awesome discussion, chat. And um, I've certainly come away. Uh, with some interesting things to think about. Uh, so Union of the Unknowns is where I, I blurb on a little bit and uh, their sub-show, which is Not Your Mama's News, which is a daily, a weekly news take. We have a bit of a laugh and investigate. But, um, yeah, apart from that, just take some time out, go hug a tree and have a listen for the voice of God. <laughs> Bless you all. That's great advice. Drizzle, what you got? All right. Well, you can find all of my work 
at the central repository, which is manufacturingreality.org. Everything is there that has my digital fingerprints all over it. And you can also come out and hang out with me on Saturday nights on our Odyssey channel as we uh, get get a little weird with it and uh, play some music. So uh, come on out. Have a good time. Right on. And this is Mike, the polymath, easy peasy podcast. Uh, You know, I'd I'd say, first of all, we set a record longest WTF forum so far. (laughs) Yeah, love it. She said, I just got (laughs) here. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I really appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, It was a good one. And we will catch you next time. Peace.